Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. I'll probably just freestyle and create some flow. Okay. Yup. Okay. Yup. Sitting with JP. All I need is my feet when I'm rocking to the beat. Uh, had to learn to be strong. Crush me now to break your knees. Jeez. Sitting with JP and we about to get into the podcast and rapping really fast. I can speed it up, I can speed it up, I can get enough of the beat when I get faster. Now I'm going faster and my brain gon' get to blasting when I'm rapping hella fast, hella fast. And I'm smelling on the grass, smelling on the grass. Man, I do not need to pass, uh, pass it. I don't want it no more because the high got me feeling like I'm floating off the float. Now I'm going really high and I'm flying in the sky with the birds and the bees. Please tell me, mama, what does that mean? I don't know, I'm just rapping on the float I'ma give it a pause and let JP hop on it like uh, a frog <laughs> Like a frog, I'm walking through, I'm feeling like a frog The frog handstand, something that I can't land I'm sitting on my skateboard, remember when I was grand Eos, when I was thinking about my dreams Can I manual this or hit the damn scene? Or just lean when I hit the grind I don't know which way I'ma find Wherever I'm going, but I'm thinking about the floating the word podcast is just boring <laughs> i'd rather just focus on a conversation i'm from the u.s the nation that people feel whack about the track i'ma just say some shit and then bring it back huh. say it bring it back yes i am black i remember that woke up in the morning i was yawning and then i looked outside i was like dang it's really cold outside it's making my mind feel so wild and then i ate some breakfast I ate some breakfast, I had tomatoes and mushrooms for breakfast And I had some eggs too, put it on an English muffin It was good me, it was yummy in my tummy And it got my stomach bubbling So I went to the bathroom, had a little fart Then I came back to my room Then I got to starting on my rhymes Then I got to started rapping I was like, man this beat is freaking slapping And it got my mind clapping Now I'm dapping on the homies Cause he said, dude that sound like Romeo Me, Romeo, Romeo is my homie and I got it <laughs> Shouts out to Roman, the, the homie. I called him at four in the morning and said, Brody, can you tell me about PG&E or Southern California Edison? Cause I see these numbers on the screen keep jumping and they keep bumping. I don't know which way I'ma turn, so I'll just pass the pumpkin like it was Halloween. I'm carving out a jack-o'-lantern scene. I got the teeth missing like my whole grill's tripping. Just listen. <laughs> Just listen. Stop second guessing. Do what's on your mind. Do it because you run out of time one day when you die and you're laying on your face in your grave. Seek feet under. Now you feel like you're going under. Hit by the blunderbuss in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I realized the last time uh, I visited you mm. was that I like uh, listening to you talk about um, uh, your your views on I like hearing you describe the way that you see music, the way that mm. you see hip hop music, because you use a lot of terms like bouncing on the beat and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. when, when you're talking about um, the way that people rhyme, mm -hmm. and it's um, it's very poetic. It's very visual. Mm. I appreciate that. <laughs> I tried to explain that in a class one day. Yeah, uh, a hip hop class. And it was um, African American studies. Yeah, 
African American. They teach studies. those classes? Yes. <laughs> Io Walker is a dope professor. I think she's still an instructor, but whatever. Dope, very intelligent, and she ties it into like capitalism and sociological things. So it was cool. But I was trying to explain. Was it a sociology class? No, African American studies. Wow. But like it was very rooted in like sociology. I don't uh I didn't major in anything close to that stuff, but mm. uh all of them seem the same. <laughs> yes, it's very similar. Actually, it is African American studies is more so just so a sociological focus on Black people and Black people's organizations, struggles, oppression, all of that stuff. It's just like a helicopter view on that ethnic group. That's yeah. really what it is. Huh. And uh, and so in that class, I tried to explain to them that when I hear a beat, I can see it physically in my mind, and I'll just sit and zone out to that. And that was before I was really rapping. Well, that, that's the thing. So I've always been rapping, but before I was like conscious of my ability to do it. I always knew how to do it because I had been doing it when I was little. But of my conscious ability to be like, oh, I can like change my style and I can add pieces to it. And I know how to create rhymes that can have a certain flow. When I hadn't been doing that yet, I had just known how to rhyme over a beat, which is, I guess, technically like rapping. I just well, didn't. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. So, as far as you, um, as far as your progress has taken you, what do you think are the stages creatively mm -hmm. of of developing as a writer or as a rapper or whatnot? The stages, okay. The first stage, experimentation, is always the first, I think, step. So I started experimenting um, with the beat uh, "Gogina" by SZA. That beat, the instrumental. Okay, I don't know it's a, shit. It's a song by SZA, <laughs> and she's a very melodic singer. Like her yeah, songs I've are heard very, of SZA, though. you know, when she sings, it's all melody. Yeah. And so I would, I mean, most singing, right? Most, yes. And but singing, like a beat that goes with a song, like a singing song, I'm like, okay, it has this melody that I like, and I liked how she, like when she sings, she goes, na 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 na, like that, kind of like how Demita does with hers. And I'm like, again, I, I'm not following, but okay, she yeah, she she play. It's almost like she's playing a piano. She's going high low, high low, high low, high low. And I would try to rap like that, and I'll try to rap. I'm like, oh, this sounds really cool. So then that was right before the summer. Then I went to the summer, over the summer, and I just started writing, and I started playing with alliteration, and yeah. I started playing with um, with almost like short choppy sentences that all rhyme and so i would write lines that like rhyme 40 lines in a row 40 50 lines in a row and it's all the same rhyme and even yeah. the bars i still have they all rhyme with each other like you got to be willing to do what you are lives your heart you're knowing to start this your art you're knowing to stop you know what you got you're not to rock i just keep doing that so that i could just i see what you mean by choppy yeah and i could just you know i could just run on it because it's the same i never have to as long as the syllables line up to where they have a flow to them this, I line the syllables up in a way where I can flow and I can just, you know, and I can speed it up, slow it down to anything yeah. because all it is is almost like a template. And I, I wrote. But so what's I, fascinating about that, and I, I, I like to do the same thing, but it's hard to imagine how you get to that point because mm. getting the syllables right is completely different from getting meaningful content. Yes. So how do you get the syllables mm. right and say mm. something that makes sense? It's almost like, Which is, I mean, I, I feel like freestyling is the biggest example of that. Okay. Where it's like, okay, maybe you can make the timing. Yeah. But then how do you make sense hmm. and do the rhyme and do all those? Anyhow, yep. um, 
again, melody. again, the way you're describing it to me is so foreign. Like mm. even the way you you were talking about SZA, mm-hmm. like a piano. Yeah. To me, I have no idea what that means. But I'm <laughs> I, the you know your enthusiasm uh-huh. makes me want to <laughs> connect to it more or understand what you mean by that particular like analogy. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyhow. So what are the stages again? Did you okay? Uh, so first would be an ex- experimentation. Experimentation, I remember. Then that. I think it's writing in a in a in a in a purposeful way. So I wanted to write like with alliteration. I wanted to have words that um, they almost make the same noise. You know, they make the same sound. So when you say it, it almost sounds like you're saying it multiple times, like the same word multiple times. I'm, let me try to find. Uh, well, alliteration, I think, is. Uh... It's like same the same um, rhyme scheme, rhyme scheme. The same letters. I think. Yeah. Oh. When I, when a line comes to me, I'll just like say it. But uh, I started playing with alliteration so that I could same letter or sound. Yes. Yeah. Same letter, and so I started playing with just like uh, uh, I gotta keep going to find them and show them the ones that don't know them before I keep going. They see me and notice me. Hopefully, showing the people who doubted me focus their eyes on me. Finally, shining the knowledge inside of me. Odyssey, prophet, part of the prophecy. So it's like that's really Odyssey, prophet, part of the prophecy. So it almost makes like a da 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 da. And I well, that's the thing. See, all all this to me, the only thing that I've heard that I immediately agree with and understand is the things you're saying about flow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because those, I I see it like choppiness. Yeah. I see that in your work. Yep. And then also, you know, what you're saying now. Yeah. But uh, these other things, I'm still lost. It's visualizing sound. Okay, I'm gonna get on that one then. Because visualizing sound, it's almost like, okay, so when someone's rapping and the sound, right, how do I go about this? Okay, I you know like kinesthesia, kinesthesia, synesthesia, synesthesia, yeah. and that's like the ability to like taste. A color or something like that. Yeah, it's some the senses cross. You're having experiences from one sense in another or something yes. along those lines. Yeah, I can, I can, I can hear the direction of a of a sound. So I can almost hear if it's slanted. It almost sounds like in my ear, like it's cutting, mm. slanted, and I, I visualize like the beat slanting like this. Wow. Versus if something's like like JID's flow is like, and that's like a. Like they're like little drops, yeah. I, like little raindrops. Versus, so there's a picture that corresponds to each uh, rhythm pattern. Yes. Yeah. Versus like uh, old school flows, like went to the stove and then I got the float. You know, it kind of sounds like dun, 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 bam, 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 bam. Like it's just mm. slapping. Like it's a book falling on the table. That kind of huh. like the words are slapping out and hitting hard like that. So when I want to rap like that, I just envision words that do that. Wow. Like when you say them, how does it sound? Like. Uh, I'm partially studious, faster than still kind of noodle. The stew is the mirror looking when you're proving it. And that's like, and I could do that. Or versus if I went, repeat the past like it's a mantra. And they said he was a monster. Had the phone up in his pocket, took it down, and then they shot him. And that kind of sounds like- That's closer to my style. Yeah, you know? And that really slow, like slap. Every 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 last line just hits the, and you kind of, and it's a different emotion. And I was like, okay, I could. So I took East Coast, like almost that slow beat type of rap then i took uh atlanta or really like specifically atlanta that like trap really fast like sound and i took like uh like g-funk melody i love g-funk melody like that you know i like that and so i took all of those things and then i just find beats that have those three elements where i could do Mm -hmm. both slow and fast flows with melody and i'm like okay this is my sound 
It's almost like I can rap really slow to get you to feel emotional, speed it up and like turn you up and then hit it with a melody, you know, yeah. and like coast, you know, almost. <laughs> so I can just ride the beat. Any beat change, I just go slower fast and add a melody. And then every every freestyle for me is a song because mm-hmm. I just go slow fast, add a melody where it sounds right, change the tone of my voice. The tone of my voice is really the melody part. So if I want to go high, scratchy, or low, or even like screeching, mm-hmm. that's all the, mel- the, the, the melody component. And when I do all three of those things, I make a song. So when I freestyle, all I'm doing is I'm making a song. So I just envision what would I want this song to be about and what does it make me feel? And then that's what comes out. And so the rhymes are kind of just like, my rhymes, sometimes I'm like, do I make sense? But what I'm doing is I, I just start talking and I just, whatever word I want to end on with the rhythm, I just be at the rhyme. So I just start talking at one point. So where I'm making complete sentences, I'm just chopping each sentence out of rhyme and I just keep on talking. Like I went to the store and I got some more flour for my powder and then I came back and got some more because I got the float, you know, and yeah. I'm just talking. And I started, I just do that all day. Like if I'm cleaning, cooking, washing things. Because I could just have, you know, stuff playing in the background. I'm just rap Because I just find enjoyment out of it, you know? Yeah. And so that's why I like doing it. So, But I'm now I'm writing in freestyle where I don't even, I'm not going, okay, I want it to be about this. Mm-hmm. Just whatever comes out. Then I go back and read it and make a flow and change up words to make it make, to make it more like deep, like deeper to a point. Cause I'll just write like, you're on the countdown. You got the countdown. One, two, three. Wow. He found the countdown. Life is just a countdown. You know, that doesn't really make yeah. sense. But then when you, that's the flow though, you know, I like, if I want it to be like that, then I just place like drop words that fit the same syllable. And then when I find a good beat, I just, I just, I'll, I'll let beats run for like hours and I'm just mm-hmm. listening. And so I get one, I'm like, oh, that was like seamless. Like that came out perfect. There was no part that I didn't like. I just take that one. And then I save that one. And I'm like, when I want to write, this is the one I'm going to use. It seems like you're in a good position to produce a lot of music. Yes. If, if you're, um, freestyling is like making a song mm-hmm. or you already have the um kind of like predetermined you already have a process where you can come up with the flow and then it sounds like just fill it in mm-hmm. based off of whatever you have to say mm-hmm. then uh yeah do you so do, are you pumping out a lot of stuff yes um do you even have do you have a soundcloud can i play something no i actually no? i have that no. song that i'm working on yeah i actually brought my computer too that uh, is becoming even more fine-tuned. And so yeah. I cut pieces and I added pieces. Now I'm playing with ad-libs and putting in yeah. ad-libs where I want them. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, over this, when I go back to L.A., that's all I'm going to be doing. Mm. So that when I come back, I would like to have it. You're you know, from like, Watts, right? Inglewood. Inglewood. Yeah. I want to have it, like, polished. Yeah. My family's from Watts, though. But yeah, I'm I remember from, you mentioning yeah, Watts. Yeah, the Watts family. Towers are yeah. always, like, a... For some reason, they're stuck in my mind. So anyone who mentions Watts, I usually remember pretty well. Okay. Okay. Mm. Cool. Anyhow. Um, yeah, I remember when I was um, first making music, the cool thing was to do st- do something fast for mm-hmm. me. It was really cool to uh, write something in one day or in one sitting and that being the whole thing. So almost like... Um, you know, like a like a top chef competition. Not just cook the best meal, but like cook something in some limited amount of time, mm-hmm. and then 
that's whatever is you know that's the production so um i feel like with that style i could produce a new song every two three songs a day Mm -hmm. and the only thing that held me back were the beats because i didn't i didn't make beats so i'd have to steal them from somewhere and then i realized after a certain point if i really wanted to share them with people i would have to get the rights to this stuff and i didn't have you know if i was if i was taking youtube beats or something I wouldn't have the rights to it. So like I made a lot of songs that people would be like, man, this is really good. Is this on the album mm-hmm. <laughs> or something? And I'm like, uh, no, I don't even have an album. I don't, you know, I don't have the ability to make one because I stole everything. Mm-hmm. So after a while, I, I still had, I guess I'm describing my stages now mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. But after, after a while, I still had the, uh, what's it called? Um, I, I I wanted to do, the writing in a day but then the beats like i started getting them from friends but um like the stuff that i was playing before those are all from like famous people those beats the weird ones mm-hmm. you know i'll fuck a fat bitch <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so um so i couldn't do it and then th- when i met carol with i mean then i started making shitty beats mm-hmm. and then i could do it which are actually good which are shitty i like them yeah good. but then good. i i i because of a number of things like moving out of the domes and uh, getting into engineering work, I was like, I don't know if I really, like, I'm not, rap, like writing rap music wasn't my main sor- source of expression anymore. It was like, it wasn't my main default way of expressing myself, whereas when I started, it really was. There was really nothing else. Um, I felt like I couldn't, sit down with someone and express myself. I felt like I couldn't um, do other things that I, I now, I have other coping mechanisms for life. I, it's not just telling stories and rhymes. So um, it's not as valuable in my life anymore. Um, so it was like by the time I could own my stuff, a lot of the drive and a lot of the motivation that originally got me into it was was leaving. And I was like, maybe I should just be a, a student. And then when I met uh, Carolith, the thing that changed about that was that I felt like there was a community of people who got like both sides of it. Like, like I, if I'm expressing myself through, I always felt like hip hop was a way of talking to people who didn't have a high school diploma. Mm. Like this is like the music for people, for the streets basically. But like uh, when you meet people who are students or whatever, they're interested in other things like Carolith is interested in art in general. He's actually a studio art major. He does paintings mainly, and then on the side does hip hop. Uh, then you realize that you can actually express yourself through the medium and say dope shit that's high level, and there is an audience for it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then that was like the end of me trying to write in one day. Now I'm trying to write like as long as it takes for me to get the message out because I know there's an audience for it, mm-hmm. even though it's not my main way of coping. Even though um you know i'm not making the beats uh i still it's still cool that like from now on i still have those fundamentals from the days of like writing in one day and stealing beats but if i did want to put it on an album and sell it i know the guy who made the beat and i know that it's quality stuff that i could stand behind today Mm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah but i also heard that in comedy it's similar to what you said the first stage i think experimentation Mm -hmm. where um 
really early on, comedians often copy their favorite comedians. Mm. And then after a while, a couple of years, they grow into their own voice. And I think that's that's also the same um, in a lot of creative things, that initially you just want to be like whoever your favorite person is. But then after a while, you kind of mold into your own, oh, okay, a little of this, a little of that. And uh, it becomes a unique voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I feel that way too because I, when I started, J. Cole and Saba were the two artists that I would um, really mimic. I would mimic their uh, flows by remembering their lyrics, and I would I would uh, recite their lyrics until I could get them like by heart to where it just came out like talking, and then I could switch up and speed up the flow because yeah. now I have a template. And when I was writing, I was writing to a template. And mm-hmm. Saba has a verse, and I forget how it goes. But it's like, I wrote a line to it. I wrote a verse to it, and my verse goes like, yeah, these demons be hunting me, tauntingly, faunting the pain inside my arteries, cautiously burning holes deep inside my artistry. And I, I said that, and that's that's, that's good. But his his like, done it. Turn the obstacle obsolete. Done it. Under me. Under me. Under me. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I and like just, that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wrote to that. And then that's how I started to. Because Saba in his music, he changes his flow ridiculously. Like he, he'll he just be rapping. And then he'll just go. And I was like, oh, God, what the <laughs> heck was that? I was like, that was crazy. And J. Cole does that too. He'll just be rapping. And then you just hear this echoed voice come out of nowhere. And it just sounds so much like powerful and i'm like whoa so and that's kind of where i got the double voice from yeah. that specific i know a lot of rappers do that but specifically j cole how that that echo like gets me mm. so I, I took a i started with those two and um to be honest uh q-tip and nas were had an influence in that too in their nas for, because of his rhyme scheme nas's rhyme scheme he just is like a it's a constant rhyme it uh there's no line that isn't rhyming with another one or it has a rhyme in it. Yeah. And uh, whereas in some of my lines, I switch up my rhyme. Uh, I'll stop rhyming at a certain point and just be talking. And there's a bunch of filler words for like two bars and then mm-hmm. I'll end with a rhyme, you know? So I kind of just took the uh, the ability to, to almost just be coasting like you're skating you know and then when you hit a bump in the beat you kind of just hop over the bump and just keep on skating and you never <laughs> you know that's what it feels like yeah. like it's a it's a, a railroad track and i'm like a train but when you get to the end of the track and it's a there's a little dot and you have to start back at the beginning all i'm doing is going like this and i'm like just hopping over the dot like the dot is just a a hurdle and i hop over it <laughs> so if the beat is about to drop and i'm like dun 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 and I just keep going. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I can just never stop. And so as long as I make my voice the song or the melody, yeah. then I'm just a part of the music. And so if you're dancing, my philosophy is if you're dancing. I, we were talking about this. If you're dancing, you're just like, oh, this beat is dope. Because people just listen to beats nowadays. I am the beat because I'm rapping with the beat. I'm the beat. <laughs> so when you're dancing, you don't have a choice because I am what you're dancing to. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So there's rappers nowadays that are kind of doing it. Like the baby does that uh, a little bit. But who's a good? SZA is the best description of where I can. She is the music. Like her voice is like a whole nother part of the song. And mm. so when you listen to it, who cares about the beat? Like I don't even really hear it. I just hear a voice the whole time. <laughs> And I'm like, oh yeah, that I'm dancing to that. Yeah. And so I want to be that. I want to just be like the, 
and then because I get insecure about like I want to have the message, but there aren't people gonna listen to my words or just gonna oh this beat is cool. Yeah. So I was like, nah, the words have to be the music. And I was watching a an interview. It was just like, but so it was like when these BT things are asking a bunch of hip hop like old heads, mm-hmm. you know, and just other artists, and they're like, uh, what do you think? How did you get to this point? Like, what are the struggles you had to go through? And uh, what's his name? Too short was like. He was like, you know, if you look at hip hop, it, con- it constantly evolves. And he's like, to be honest, where something's about to happen, where we're gonna, someone's gonna come c- emerge in hip hop and just create a style that we're like, I've never seen that before, and throw us on our ass and like completely change the movement. And I'm like, damn. After seeing that, I was like, okay, what, what, why not be me to do that? You know, yeah. like why not? And then as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I'm, when I talk to people about these things. Like I'm talking to you about it, and you're you're following me, and I feel like you're following me. But when I'm thinking about it in my head, I'm like, oh, I have to like explain this because not other people don't think like how I'm thinking about it, which yeah. makes it in a unique idea in the sense that like I put certain pieces together in a very specific way, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, okay, I can. That's an innovation. So what if I took that and I like built with it, and I kept on expanding? Like what I'm telling you right now. That's how I'm thinking about it right now. Maybe give it a year. How am right. I thinking about it then? You know, yeah. at what point have I expanded upon it? More, expanded upon it more. Right. You know, so it makes me think like, if I'm explaining this to you now and it's fascinating you, I don't know if it's fascinating you, but if it's interesting well, you, it is. I think in general, it's interesting that um, nobody knows what the future holds mm-hmm. and that things do change over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. I that's the problem. Nobody knows what the future holds. So it could be that the that the future is something that is vaguely related to what's in your head. But it could also be that the future has is something that has nothing to do with what's in your head. Mm-hmm. That the big revolution that Too Short is predicting, is mm-hmm. prophesizing, is actually in a completely different direction. For instance, it has no melody at Very all, true. you know? So um, I, think it, I think really it's every artist's job to just realize their dopest vision. That's it. And if if everybody can do that, then it'll work out. Mm-hmm. Because uh, as far as like what your impact is going to be, it's going to be whatever it's going to be. But your best bet is to finish whatever you're working on, so that it even has, it has a chance to to have an influence. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't want eighty percent of what your idea is to be your legacy. You want the hundred percent of whatever your idea was, the full extent of it. To, to be out in the world at some point and hopefully with good timing not right after somebody else does it and then you're the you're the following act um so yeah i mean because i know for for my direction i i, I approach hip-hop from a speech and debate perspective primarily and secondarily as a music form so i'm, I'm mainly trying to make arguments and i'm mainly trying to write and then deliver the writing because in in, mm. in in a speech for instance, like I gave a lot of speeches when I was in high school. I actually made money giving speeches in high school. Whoa. So in a speech, the beauty of it is uh, it's always you you write it out, but it's always a little extemporaneous is what they call it, where you have main points and then you kind of improv from those points based off of the mood of the room so that you can, you know, it's like a five paragraph essay. You have three points and then you have support for those points. But sometimes... You make a point and you look at the room and you realize, okay, let me just 
support it with two things and move to the next one. Or sometimes you feel like, I really need to sell this. Let me give an extra argument here. Mm -hmm. Or I really need to emphasize this with rhetoric versus just giving a dry, cold, this is what it is. You know, you're, you're reading the room and you're trying to figure out how do I convince these fucking people? You know, how do I convince these fucking white people? So um, from that perspective, I feel like the last thing that I'm considering, the first thing I'm considering is what I have to say and uh, syllables. And the last thing I'm considering, ironically, is the flow. <laughs> because I, because I'm, I'm thinking if I can deliver this stuff at all, it'll be dope. It's just how the fuck am I gonna deliver? And if I get the syllables right, then that gives me some 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 consistency, some structure. But then from there, I mean, an easy example is which word in the sentence are you emphasizing, or how are you emphasizing it? Or like you said, melody can be a component. Do you raise your voice at a certain point, or lower your voice at a certain point, or uh, speed up your voice, or slow down your voice? To me, that is like the improv part for me mm -hmm. but the uh the, the the solid foundation is like what i'm saying so ironically like for me my best work would be like you said talking over a beat that would be super that's like the dopest thing i could ever do mm -hmm. because i'm just delivering what's written i'm just delivering i know that this shit is dope and i just need to get it out any way possible and how i get it out really isn't like of that much concern just because I know that if it gets out, then the content is, is, is enough. Mm -hmm. And, and also I'm thinking like, you know, similar to a debate, I'm just making arguments. So if the arguments are good, then they're good. Um, regardless of, you know, you can have Stephen Hawking in a wheelchair with horrible rhetoric, making great arguments like this is why black holes are. <laughs> and, and if you listen to what he's saying, you're like, Oh, that's raw. Even though it's a horrible performance, and th and that's kind of a part of my uh, perspective. So in that sense, I it's hard for me to um, it's hard for me to relate to real rappers. I consider you a real rapper. Oh, I appreciate because uh, you care about rap. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I care about arguments. I care about uh, uh, funny shit. I care more. I think I care a little bit more about comedy. Mm -hmm. So. Um, it's interesting to hear, again, the way that people who are really into it are thinking about it. Because mm -hmm. almost like a whole 30%, 40%, 50% of the things that you're bothered by are things I completely overlook. And it just it just happens to work out for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, the time, you know. I, I'm, I, I almost feel like a good salesman can sell a bad car kind of attitude where mm -hmm. it's like, I don't even care. I'm great as a salesman. Mm -hmm. I don't even care. Just give me the car and I'll, I'll, I'll make it happen. And, uh, it, that comes out in the shitty beats philosophy where it's like, really, it doesn't matter what it is. Cause I, I, I started off with the, you know, so you don't really need, I didn't even have a beat, uh, 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 and it's and you can you can <laughs> make it as dope, dope as you dope, want yeah. because it's like I oh the beat really that. isn't that important, mm -hmm. but other people come from a different school of thought, so that's mm -hmm. that's why I try to just describe this is how I'm thinking about it. I don't know how many other people. I imagine certain people like Logic are like that, but mm -hmm. that really come at it more from like a, it's almost like a different art form to me. I'm mm -hmm. viewing it like the same thing that politicians do mm -hmm. where they're not worried about the flow. They're, they're worried about a flow, but they're worried about rhetoric. 
not so much these specific hip hop concepts, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, very true. But then again, it's one of those things where it's like, how long have I been listening to hip hop? Mm-hmm. How do I take into account all those years? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit just like walking where. Once you learn it, you take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But it could be that I've been studying it for so long that it's natural to me. But in reality, it was a hard road. Maybe I just don't remember. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I started with um, poetry. And yeah. so uh, for me, I definitely can see my progression because I would, uh, I remember the first time I rapped anything that I wrote over this past summer mm-hmm. was at a. Blackfall Welcome. It was at the beginning of this, like in September. It's an event. I think I wrote something for that, and then I didn't wow. go. I didn't wow. go. I did it just off the fly. They were like, anyone want to come up? I'm like, F it. So I came <laughs> up, and I performed what I did. It had no flow. I just kind of just said it like, yeah, I was just saying it like it was just yeah. coming out, just re- reading words off a of paper almost. But I had them all memorized. Mm. So I was up there like just saying them. And I I didn't like, like afterwards I was like, yeah, I know that wasn't good. And I wasn't like, because I said I'm going to rap. And then I hit, that's what I oh, said. Yeah. So then I later found out that uh, people were saying like, okay, yeah, you need flow and rhythm. Mm. Gladly, I'm glad I found that out because it took me a while to get used to like criticism. Yeah. So once I got used to it though, and I'm like, okay, that's just... You know, that's just everyone's naturally reacts to something in a different way. And yeah. I might not like the way they react to it, but that's, you know, that's them. And so somebody else might like it. So yeah. once I got used to that, then then I stopped taking it so like, ah. But at the time, I wasn't. So I'm glad I didn't hear that. And so I had developed my sound in a way where I was like, I'm very comfortable with it. Then I heard the criticism of my old work and I was like, okay, cool. Now I know. You know so, how I feel about mm, criticism right now? Mm. I I have almost no respect for for normal people. Mm. I like if I if I'm performing something um and there's 99 people in the room that have no hip hop background and Carolwith is in the room. Mm. I don't care about the 99 people because I'm like you guys don't even understand what's happening right now. The like whole the, yeah, to yeah. me I'm like this is this is dumb. Why am I? It makes no sense to me to try to impress somebody. It, it's almost like speaking a different language, like worrying about judgment from someone who doesn't speak your language, mm-hmm. judging the sounds that are coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Like somebody speaks Chinese and I'm speaking English and they're judging me. I didn't like the sounds that came out. Like you don't even know the meaning. You have no idea what I'm saying right now. Yeah. You don't speak the language yeah. and you're trying to come to some conclusion based on what? They're meaningless sounds to you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Unless you understand the the details of what I'm doing. It, 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 I see it as a form of communication mm-hmm. where if you don't have the, 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 the cheat code, if you don't have the key, it's an encoded message and you need the key to read it. If you don't have that fucking key, why are you talking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of it is like, Anyhow, I, I say that to say when I, I usually don't go in front of crowds. I do a lot of like internal criticism in order to reach the end product because I just don't value most feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that if I get whatever is in my head out f- like fully and then get criticism, that's better than somebody jumping in at 90 percent and saying they don't like it or something like that because they're they're not really judging the full thing they're just judging the the draft 
And and that can be damaging because mm-hmm. what if they fuck with me finishing that draft? What if I was going to go in this direction, but because they came in at a certain draft level and said something, then it veered me off course. And then I never even completed what I wanted to complete in the first place. Maybe you would have liked the finished product, mm-hmm. but because you fucked with it, now we'll never know. <laughs> that shit is gone forever. That's so, how I felt. That's exactly how yeah, I felt. So, so when it comes to things like the Black Fall Welcome and stuff like that, if I were to do it, I would only do it comedically. I would only mm-hmm. do it to piss people off. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I didn't do it. Because mm-hmm. I actually wrote a song at some point, and I remember it was going to be something at Davis related to blackness. I don't know exactly what the title of the event was, but they were like, if you're an MC or whatever, come through. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a song. This was when I was in the domes. Mm-hmm. Wrote the song, and then just, I was like, I could go or I could just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I just fucking went to sleep. I recorded mm-hmm. it. And then just went to sleep. Like, I'll just listen to this song. Mm. And it wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. There were some bars in it. Mm -hmm. But I thought, it's just, it's not worth the risk. I think, I think hip-hop is taboo. I think comedy is taboo. I think it's not really worth the risk, especially in a university environment where everybody's trying to play it safe, so to speak. Mm. It's not worth the risk to take the ridicule when there's, like, nobody there that can even sharpen you as an artist Hmm. (laughs) you know what's the benefit to you if everyone's just gonna hate or not understand or misconstrue not even gonna try to you know it's like why go through the torture Hmm. when you can just share it with one or two friends who have a certain sensibility of it have a certain taste and they could be like oh i see you were doing this. I see you were doing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you want feedback, it'll be meaningful because I know a little bit about what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But if you don't and you just need the confirmation, hey, this is what I think of it now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to change shit. Now, I understand your perspective too. And it's crazy because my perspective developed to be very similar to that because now I see it as when I come up with something new. I kind of see both almost like I, I still I'll put something up that I'm like, this is not finished or how I want it to be. But I almost want to see how people react to something that I also don't like or mm. that I feel like is a little off so that I can feel almost like the uh, this is part of my experimentation with life overall, though. I like to feel the a feeling of like uh, like not good enough. I want to I want to experiment with that because if I if I t- took something and I'm like okay I'm gonna work on it until I feel like it's perfect so when people hear it whether or not they know how to make music they hear it and go this is great this is great music but what if I did all of that and then I went and presented it and everyone was like bro this shit is ass you know and then yeah. and so if I present it to them at a raw state and they don't like that then I can learn why like why don't you like that and then I keep developing it. But that has that came after I realized that uh, people who don't really make music or, or people who appreciate who like music for entertainment, like they like music. If someone says, and not I'm not bad naming bad naming any rapper, but not every rapper says something that has some kind of life value beyond good like material goods and pleasure. 
a great rapper like today that I think is kind of catchy is um, Megan the Stallion or something. Megan, yeah, Megan yeah. the Stallion. Her, she, her. When she, when you listen to a song, I'm like, okay, I can dance to this, you know. But that's his purpose. She's not making music to uplift people. That's not what she's doing. No. And so, uh, if if the person only likes that genre of music, when they hear something that I'm rapping, it's not going to be appealing to them. But um, but what I'm trying to do is that the crowd that I want to reach, I want to reach young people. And so majority of the young people today are growing up listening to certain songs. And so I, I study like, okay, when a new rapper comes up, why are they, why is this song popular? Why when they go to the club, this song is playing? What, what about it? So I want to know so that I can make a song, uh, not copying that specific song, but that energy, take yeah. that energy and put it into my lyrics. And I can only do that if I play with sounds and if I get people's reaction. Like if I, if like I, the, the song I was working on, I put it on my Instagram just to see if people liked the double voice. This mm. is to see if people like if anybody uh, liked it. And not sometimes I, I do want people's comments, so I'm trying to find a different way to do it so that people actually feel like I want you to comment. You know, even if it's well, something Instagram might be okay for commenting. Okay, yeah, it might be the right place. Okay, because I actually want to know if people. Um, I think I'm gonna take a different approach to it and come with a. Like almost like a mission, like before I drop something to be like, okay, this is what I've been doing, and then put it up, and I just want to get people's reactions, and I might try to do it in a more interactive, like live way, so that I can, because I want to, uh, I want to have an adaptive style to where uh, I'm not so worried about being popular. I'm more so worried about people actually like feeling the emotion, but not being so exclusive to just what I like. To be more adaptive, so that if someone's like, "Oh, I really like love songs to R and B beats," I'm like, "Okay, I'll make you a song," you know. And yeah. to be able to do that because I know how to like uh, listen to what people like and just whatever it it, it almost makes it so that I'm a I don't really have one particular sound. I'm a musician, you know. I can just anything. I mm-hmm. you know, if you wanted to play some piano, okay, I'll rap to your piano. Or some scissor. Yeah, some scissor, you know, <laughs> just to be a musician. And that's how I learned how to be a musician. A better one is by listening to how people react to work, just anything. And I, I, I performed at a says Sacramento Area Youth Speaks. They had an event. I don't know of it. Oh, I saw you there. I saw I was you there? there. Yeah. Right before I went in, it was at the Mandavi Center. Oh, something here. Yes. All right, I maybe saw you I was there. there. Yeah, you were definitely there. I saw you right before I went in. I was like, what's up, JP? <laughs> I was right. with my friend. Was it an open mic? Yes, That's the last time I remember mic. seeing you. It was All an right. open mic. Yeah, 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 there. I went up, and I just I, I actually had a different beat for that. I chose a, a beat off of YouTube, and she wanted me to, uh, it had to be downloaded, and I couldn't send it to her. So the only, the beat that I chose was the beat that you did a song to. And I was like, okay, cool. My dude Which JP. one? The one that you did, uh, Heavyweight. 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 I was yeah. like, okay, cool. My dude JP made a song to this. I'm just going to speak. Yeah, shout out Carowith for that one. Yeah, I did. I shouted yeah, yeah, out yeah. Carowith and, and you you ain't uh, Carowith. But then I was like, okay, I'm going to just drop some bars to it. I'm just going to freestyle basically is what I said. Okay. So I got up there and I just freestyled. I just freestyled That's really like wrong, man. Bars. I, that, that, that actually makes me really happy that you're uh, freestyling at open mics. Mm. It's because I have the bars to do it though, and I'll, yeah, I, I mean that. That's still, yeah. that's still. Well, I, I guess that's controversial. Is how free does the freestyle have to be? If you're using yeah, old bars, is it true. really isn't? Uh, somebody can debate that. 
it's freestyle in the sense that it's not a none of them are structured for that song. I just make right. them. I yeah. make them. But I do uh for example on the radio show, mm-hmm. that I had like bars that I knew, but then I was like, nah, fuck that. Did you go on Thursday Friday? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I missed it, dude. I slept in. Oh no, you're all good. Uh he was he was looking for you though. He's like, Where's uh JP? Yeah. But it's cool. Dude, last time I was there I did a really cool screech there. Damn. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I wanna get the record of that. Heck yeah. Cause Khan was like, just go for it right now. Uh-huh. Right now. Heck yeah. yeah. But that one, see, I, I freestyle. I, and I do that by just creating a story because I'm like, all right. So I just start talking about something. And Dude, I was to me, to in my opinion, and I've been saying this since I knew about that radio show. Mm. I said, listen, this is what you need to do. Play your own beats mm. and freestyle. That's mm. it. That's the whole show. Mm-hmm. Two hours. Mm-hmm. Two hours. That'll be dope. That'll be raw. Or just fill yeah. it in. Just fill it in with shit from YouTube or whatever or from the records because they have a lot of records there too, right? Mm-hmm. But like... To me, I'm like, dude, you make beats and you're on the radio. Play your own beats. Heck yeah. And just have people freestyle. That's Heck it. Yeah. So this was your idea. Well, that my well, the thing is, it's everybody's idea. Freestyling is the I mean, like I said, I started with the, you know, when I was in high school, I played on the on the drum line. Mm. And we would just freestyle on the drums that's dope we would just have like there'd be somebody with a bass drum like we had access it was a crazy setup we had access to these drums we had no instructor Hmm. we would just fucking go wild we'd go in at lunch and just get all the drums and go to the middle of the fucking courtyard and just start jamming for no reason right or we at least had drum pads everyone carried drumsticks with them it was like a culture thing drum line had just come out yep. so everybody was trying to look like nick cannon yep. but um Dang. we would just fucking jam all the time mm. and there was always somebody who walked by and just freestyled mm. so it was like a cultural thing for me in high school that freestyling is just it's 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 just it's so lightweight it's just a part of life mm. you know it's like tying your shoes mm-hmm. where if you have people who can do it that's it they're all that's their role mm-hmm. in society mm-hmm. it's that if they're anywhere near somebody who knows how to produce a beat in any way whether it's beatboxing whether it's with a fucking drum or whether it's produce you know oh. really with ableton like uh care with then that's what you did because it was a good way of spending time it was deeply creative it's moving and it takes nothing. It's it's literally straight off your your head. You don't have to have anything prepared. That's the whole skill. So um, yeah, when I see people who are in certain positions, like somebody who makes beats, but they don't really have you know an audience or a following or whatever, or or you know a bunch of hip hop artists. He he got us together, and people seem to be writing, but songs aren't getting pumped out because we all need to get our chops up. Uh, you know, features aren't getting pumped out because we're just getting our chops up, you know. Mm-hmm. But freestyling's not like that. You don't need anything. <laughs> Literally, you just need a beat and a willing participant. Mm-hmm. And you have that. And you have a fucking radio station. Mm-hmm. So just that's that's the golden thing right there. Yeah, and it's at really two in fun. the morning, so nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to worry about shit. Yeah, there's the rules, but it's like, you know... <laughs> No, that's very true. It was really fun because uh, it's weird knowing that someone's potentially listening to you and you don't know where they are. Yeah, or... but I'm I'm a freak in the sense that that never affects me. For some wow. reason, for some reason, it's always like 
one person a million people is the same. I feel like because you do this and you're talking. And a number of other things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, when you post these things, someone's listening to you, you know. Maybe, maybe You're not. broadcasting yourself. Well, you know what it is, is that um, there's no, uh, like, what, my biggest thing is what changes mm. when the mic turns on. If the less that changes, the easier it is. So if you're wildly different, like, you know, some girls, not just women, but, you know, some girl, oh, is this not yet? Let me, you know, do my fucking, <laughs> let me change the way that I'm, it's like, dude, just relax. Mm. Whether it's just, really, we're just kicking it, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, after, I think, I think that I've, I've gone through a long process of conditioning to get to this point, but now I am at this point where it's pretty much because because almost nothing has changed, so it doesn't matter to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is it's actually <laughs> funny because when you put a mic in front of you and you start talking, it almost feels like you're it's like connected to you in the sense that that's your like zone. So when it's you're my zone, bro. yeah, when you're speaking into a mic, it's almost as if like you enjoy more being broadcasted like this. Well, you know what it is is that uh, there's it's the attention mm. that's different. So I enjoy talking to groups of like three or less people. Mm-hmm. And Same. this is just a a, an, um, a consequence of that. That's like the true baseline. And then talking to one person with a mic is just another form of talking to three or less people. So the real zone is three or less people. And then the um, specific implementation of that is like this you know it's like i like yellow and then i have yellow shoes like oh you like yellow shoes no i just like yellow and i happen to this is the way that that's being expressed Mm -hmm. it's more general than just these yellow shoes i just like yellow all around you know Mm -hmm. but um the reason for that is the attention there's there's certain things that can happen and i've i've been thinking about writing a little bit about this not that it hasn't been written already but it'll be my version that um Communication is a number of skills, and when you when you have a smaller number of people, a lot of those skills seem to come to like the forefront. Like you can you have more control over what's happening. So um, three of them that I can isolate right now are storytelling, uh, making arguments, and active listening. So you can you can get better at each of these three things in isolation. You can make better arguments. This is what a lot of people who train in logic are training in, lawyers, scientists, etc. You can get better at storytelling. This is what a lot of creatives uh, train in, whether they're doing puppetry or their comedy, etc. And then um, you can get better at active listening, which anyone can get good at, but anyone can be bad at, too. And um, it's, it's just a bunch of subtle things that come together like... Um, monitoring body language tone uh you know at the high level you know whether or not if someone's breathing or if their eyes are moving a certain way that that means this and then in another situation that means that Mm -hmm. um so there's like these different dimensions of communication but when you have more people there's this scaling effect that fucks it up Mm -hmm. so for instance body language like how do you read nine people's body language? Yep. It's a lot harder than reading one person's or two people's or even three people's. Um, so uh, active listening. What if you're listening to one person, but then a, a fourth person is cutting you off or there's a side conversation going on? Mm-hmm. How do you actively listen to multiple people? Mm-hmm. That's more difficult. Mm-hmm. So if you lower the numbers, 
a lot of those skills that are necessary for a high quality conversation become easier. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's not just random chance that I say, you know, well, less people I enjoy more. It's the quality that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And the quality is a lot more difficult after you reach a certain maximum capacity. Yes. That's uh, at the beginning of this year, I started a new job and one of the first things we do like these activities and it's like something you don't know about me that I don't really tell people is what. And I'm like, something you don't know and I don't really tell people is that I'm better at one-on-ones. Like that's my thing because when there's, for me, it's just even two people throws me on like a mental roller coaster. Like I can't take it. And I'm like, I can't, especially if the two people's personalities are different. It's even worse when the two people don't know each other, but I know both of them, you know? Mm -hmm. And it almost feels like, okay, I want to be able to talk to this person without this person feeling like they're being left out (laughs) because I have a a fear of leaving people out. So I'm like, because- That's a good fear. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Of leaving other people out. Yeah. Because you're probably more compassionate. Yes, I want everyone to feel included because it comes from like, when I was little, I didn't feel included in conversations. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I know how that feels. But then over time, I started to like not care as much because it just drove me too crazy. And I was like, I can't worry about it. I just have to be like myself, though. I have to just remain to be like, okay, I'm Jason. So if I'm talking to JP and then I'm talking to Ronald, I can't be a different Jason with Ronald than I am with JP. I mm-hmm. should just be the same Jason. And if JP and Ronald don't like the Jason that I'm being, then I can't do anything about that. You know, it's tricky though. It is really hard. You, you can't be different Jason's, but you also have to be different Jason's to an extent, to an extent. And that's, and that's, that's where that's the, (laughs) that's the kicker. That's the, that's the trick is the extent has to be the, yeah, it has to be the right amount of difference. If it's too much, then you're being fucking fake. Yep. But if it's not enough, you're not being genuine to anybody. Yep. Yeah. And that, which is why uh, some people I just stopped hanging out with regular regularly because uh, I would see them, and I'm like, this Jason after be with you is too dramatic in <laughs> in the sense that like it's it's a dramatic you told me difference. This before. And I'm like, yeah. I can't do this anymore. Like it's just too much because once I start just being comfortable, you're gonna be like, who is this? You're changing. No, I'm actually just being me and you're just seeing it for the first time and you're probably like, who is this guy? Yeah, you know. And uh, but once I did that. I started to value being, I've always been a person that spent a lot of time by myself, but I started to value it in a different way where I started to make projects for myself and be like, okay. That's huge. Yes. When did uh, you start to, how long ago was that? Let me see. I would say last year. Wow. Spring quarter. Wow. Spring quarter of last like academic year because, Mm -hmm. um, I started, that's when I started writing in a different way. And that's why I started really getting into poetry because, or spoken word, because people were like, like, hey, we're texting me, hey, you want to perform at my event? And I'm like, oh, people are like, this is like being called for a venue. So I'm like, I'm like foreseeing a future where I'm actually, this is a side conversation. I'm going to go talk to my friend who, uh, who has talked to me before about running venues in down in downtown he wants he's looking for artists mm. and i posted something and he was like we need to talk asap so i'm hopefully this conversation we're gonna have i'm gonna ask him anyways if we can start getting some like spots yeah to, like and and for you you'd be the most interested in rapping spoken word rapping i would be the most interested in making music 
and performing it at these events yeah. where it's like I'm the the act or us, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Whoever yeah, whatever. Have, I'll artist. feature. I'll feature. Heck yeah, dude. Heck <laughs> yeah. It could just be that you have your own segment. That's true. You have your own spot. You maybe, know? but I would I I would ruin it if I had my own spot. I was just you wouldn't. Bro. I would just torture the audience. You wouldn't. <laughs> I have no respect for the audience. J- I mean, Carol <laughs> played your uh, song. Which song? Cherry. Why probably? Oh, Cherry. Yeah. Cherry. Yeah. He played it on the on the radio. Yeah. It was dope. I mean, I like it. But yeah, I love that song. That song has that everything. That song has everything that I like in the songs that I make. Uh-huh. I, it has like there's only like seven things I like, mm-hmm. and it has all seven no, or I, whatever I like amount the, of it is. You know, whatever the number is. The ad libs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your bars are dope, but the ad libs are in the ad libs in a chorus. Like it's that's raw. Dope. That's dope. Dude. Speaking of raw, I, I wanted to ask this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. What? So. I, let me start by saying I, I spent three years studying electrical engineering. Mm. And one of the engineering uh, ways of approaching projects is to prototype. So you make like a minimum product or whatever. You make the bare minimum example or version of whatever you're trying to present so that people can get a rough idea of what the fuck you're doing. Like an easy example is if you're doing something mechanical, you make some either a diagram or a physical thing that says, this is the thing, you know, this is my, this new invention, a hammer, this is what it is. Okay, this isn't, these aren't the real materials I would use, but this is what it is. Like 3D printing is used for this and so on and so forth. So anyhow, I think of um, every creative thing that I do, anything that involves me producing some output, I I approach it with prototypes. But in the art world, it's kind of like... um, like we were saying with drafts, a title for these prototypes is raw content. Now, my fucking, my favorite thing to do in anything artistic is to produce raw content. I would argue Cherry is not really raw content. Cherry is like, it's a little polished. It's mm-hmm. been, there have been some considerations, you know. It, 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 the raw content would be the lyrics and what like the delivery of one you know 16 mm-hmm. so it's that people could get the rough idea of what it was okay this is roughly this is what i'm going to say this is how i'm going to say it and this is what the chorus is going to sound like mm-hmm. and then you would have to put it together in your own head to hear the song because there wouldn't be any example of it it would just be you know the boring lyrics and then the delivery actually what would be even more raw is me not even delivering it me just writing the music for how the delivery is, like, you know, in notes, like, um, da-da-da-da-da-da. You can write that, mm-hmm. just like drum music, mm-hmm. right? You can write that rhythm mm-hmm. out. So some of the, oh. That's what I would like, do, too. Like, oh, not the most musical, more Dr. Seussical is the lyric, mm-hmm. but then the actual uh, flow is, uh-uh, 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 Like, you know, quarter notes, half notes, whole notes, you just write that out. Mm-hmm. And um, someone could play the rhythm on a drum, Mm-hmm. And they could read the lyrics and know, oh, this is how you would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that is more raw or that's doper than an actual song. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like the next level for me would be writing music where it's just I have the lyrics and you just read the music if you know how to read music. Mm-hmm. And then you can hear the song in your head, mm-hmm. but there's no song to listen to. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you think is, do you, you mentioned this already because of the double voice thing, but... Mm-hmm. I feel like raw content is the real content for me, mm-hmm. but 
you're going more toward the polish. It seems like you're going from raw to more polished. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going from polished to more raw. So what do you mean? Like uh, I want to make less songs because uh-huh. I want to do other things that are, in my view, doper than songs. Like I already uh-huh. focus a lot on lyrics. Uh-huh. Have you read any of my lyrics? Some of them. Yeah. So I, I, I write them not just in a word processor. I write them in a software that's used to... Uh, write mathematical papers so it's easy to put symbols in and it has a very specific format Mm. but to me that is its own art form is just reading these lyrics in this in this format is fucking it's dope Mm. now of course the raw version of that is just writing right in plain text but like uh i i feel that there's these other things pulling me Mm. in these other directions that aren't necessarily uh, they're involved with hip hop, but they're not like traditional because mm-hmm. worrying about how lyrics are presented as a as a document isn't mm-hmm. really that important, you know. Yeah, or I, worrying I about know. even how the artwork is—that's actually pretty important. Our, album artwork, album artwork is a pretty thing. It's yeah. people normally worry about that, mm-hmm. but like uh, the documented side, I feel like as an as a quasi academic, mm-hmm. is almost more beautiful than the delivery. Mm-hmm. Now, now I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah. I would say that I'm kind of in. I'm. I would say that I'm transitioning, but I still I do think about okay, what if I made a song? Uh, for example, when I'm making a song with Dom, it's very different than, for example, if I'm writing and I'm making a song by myself. And uh, I say Dom very specifically because I was working on something with him. Dom has a very, uh, in my perspective, very polished. Like his 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 lyrics that he shared with me for one song are very structured. Uh, to the song and like how the song makes him feel and the song even has a theme and so that to me is a that was a foreign that's foreign to me still a little bit I'm getting into that to where right now the song I was working on I, I found a free beat that I was like this is cool it makes me feel uh happy but in a sad way like it makes me feel like like I'm sad but like this happy song it makes me feel the sadness more and so mm. I was like, I don't know. That's that's cool. And I was like, that's a that was a really weird feeling. And I was like, okay. So I I chose that song and started rapping to it until I found some bars. I was like, okay, that sounds dope. And then I started, I recorded myself and I rapped over my recording. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Double voice. And it came. It that was the song. And so it started just. I would say that's raw to me in the sense that I didn't like. It was a bunch of random elements and I just threw them together. And but since then I started listening to some two thousands uh kind of beats like uh I was uh okay, I looked up Kid Cuddy Nirvana type mm. beat and I found out <laughs> Kid Cuddy type beat called Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the like it's like a <laughs> Kid Cuddy rock beat. type of beat. Yeah. And I was rapping to that and I was like, Oh yeah, this is like I was just talking to Demita and I was like when I find the beat that fits my sound I'm gonna hear it and I, I'm gonna know because I'm just gonna hit it a certain way now I'm gonna be like that was amazing and as soon as I played that beat I had that feeling which is the craziest thing I think that might be biased too because I was like prepared for that to happen yeah you did directly search for that yes that's a very specific thing Kid Cudi and Nirvana yes but when it <laughs> happened I was like whoa and it, it uh, reminds me of a I started to figure out that I was so resistant of Jid and listening to him because I was like, I was, I like, when I study artists, I really had to get into it and I was putting him aside for a while because I was focused on more so like J. Cole and I was trying to really understand J. Cole's style before I got to Jid. But then 
I was listening to uh, DiCaprio 2 and I started listening to it. And that day I was like, wow, this is what I'm going closer to. That type of sound, that style. I start to get closer and closer to that. No matter, not even listening to JID, I'm just getting there. You know, I'm just naturally progressing to that because I like how that sounds. And I like, it's kind of started with logic, how he kind of goes back to 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 like kind of like that. He goes really fast and then he'll just have segments where he's going back to back to back to back to back to back to back. And I'm like, what the heck? But it's almost like a 44 bars is a good, I used to study that song because of how he switches his flow up. With the beat, Jid does that too, and I'm and but Jid does it in a much more like not screaming way, but more like just calmly does it, and I'm like, huh. And when I heard uh, that Kid Cudi Nirvana beat, I kind of just freestyled to it, and I was probably I should have recorded that. I was probably that session, that freestyle session was probably one of my dopest freestyle sessions. I was like <laughs> hitting beats in a whole nother way, some mm-hmm. Nipsey Hustle beats, like all kind of stuff, and I was like, wow. And it makes me, it's getting me closer to this this new sound that I have now that I've been working on. I'm like, this is different than everything that I'm working on and that I have worked on is completely different. Almost to where I feel like a psycho when I'm rapping. Like I'm changing up my, I'm literally screeching at one point. Then I'm like talking super deep. And then I'm like, I started pop locking to my <laughs> to my lyrics. You know why? Because why? I'm speaking in syllables and I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's crazy. So when I perform next time, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on stage and I'm I'm so serious. So serious. I'm gonna have the mic in a standing position. Cause I tried performing like this and it I was too far at one point. I was like like this, and then I was like, you know, it was just a mess. I was at the open mic, it was a mess. It was my experiment though. I was like, if I don't experiment with walking around with the mic, I'm never gonna yeah. experience. I'm never gonna feel it. So I did it. Don't like it. So now I know. Hold the mic like this and just dance around it with my rapping style because if I'm going fast, you gotta make a face to where people see like, oh, he's like going. I'm like, ah, you know, I gotta go fast. <laughs> but then if I want to slow it down, or if I want it to be smooth, you know, yeah. you make a certain <laughs> body movement, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, this is. It came from watching Rhythm and Flow a little bit because yeah. one of the elements is like performance. Is the, wait, is that the show with uh, Cardi B? And yes. A chance the rapper is yes. a judge. I've seen like three episodes. Right. In those three episodes, though, I learned a lot. I was like, huh. Especially with the fast rappers because I know that like when I rap fast, because I don't, I wouldn't call myself a fast rapper. Really? I would. You wouldn't? No, because I can rap slow and I like it. I just don't. All the time, I've never heard you rap slow. You know what's crazy too? I th- my slow rapping to me is like slow, but to someone else it might be like you're rapping fast. It's fast. It's <laughs> yours crazy. is incredibly fast, man. Huh. From what I've heard. Mm. Okay, content wise though, mm. what do you talk about, or how would you describe it? So so far, what I've been talking about are uh, so I like to talk about the youth and how the youth are like addicted to drugs. And mm. how the youth are like depressed, and how we're like old people, older people turn their backs on the youth and go, look at these new hairstyles they got, look at all these new songs they listen to, they're trash. Instead of being like, oh, well, maybe that's just how they express themselves, just like how we express ourselves, you know? And I know that like every generation has that experience with the next generation, but for in some way, I'm not trying to break it because I know that I'm, I'm just one person, but to just give that other perspective to be like, uh, kind of what J. Cole is doing a little bit. He's trying to connect the two. J. Cole is trying to connect yeah, some Yeah, the dots. middle child. Yes. And so well, I think you're the person, somebody made me aware of that, why that is called the middle child. And I was like, 
blew my mind. But yes, exactly like that. So that I talk about growing up, some things I dealt with, paranoia. I talk about that a lot uh, because when I'm rapping, I kid you not, I'm like sitting there in another thought. I'm rapping. I'll be freestyling, think about something completely different. I'm just used to rhyming. So I know how to rhyme to where it almost comes out like sometimes like second nature, mm. especially a, a, a grouping of lines I already know. Yeah. I'll be thinking about something, you know, that's making me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I want to write about uh, how par- I want to write and rap in a way that sounds like I'm paranoid. And so I, I've been playing <laughs> with that. So I sound crazy. Are like you I still sound- smoking weed? Yes. Do you get paranoid? Um, interesting experiences. So, uh, for example, sometimes I get actually yes and no. Uh, I get paranoid, but the paranoia doesn't rule me. It's it's almost like it's um, it's just in my head, mm. and I'm not allowing it to. Sometimes I I fall into it because of how I was feeling before I smoked. But when I'm like I'm level headed, and then I smoke, and I'm like I'm getting paranoid right now. I almost just sit there and I just. Like I'm, I just daydream and I, I sit in the paranoia and I'm like thinking about, like I'm, I'm sitting in the paranoia, the paranoid thoughts, but I'm not allowing the thoughts to become real by believing them. I'm yeah. just like playing with them almost. Yeah, that's almost like a meditation technique where yeah, you you observe your thoughts but mm-hmm. you don't control them. Yes, I, or you don't try to control them. Yes, and I just let them happen and eventually they go away because I I tell a lot of lies to myself. Um, Recently, I was talking to a person. When I was talking to them, I started to like really analyze them. And this is like I've had a few other conversations with this person. Like I'm uh, maybe like four or five conversations with them, like deep, like one-on-one conversations. And then the more I talk to them, the more I start to learn about them. I'm like, huh, this person is very similar to me in a way that I didn't anticipate. In the sense that, in this particular way, I'm not. I'm. Um, where I was talking to this person, I was like, I have a hard time, like, when I'm in a conversation with someone, being like saying something that's on my mind, like throwing an idea out there, just being mm. like, "Have you seen the news?" You know, it's hard for me because I don't want people to slam it and be like, "Shut up, that's stupid." You know, yeah. it's just what's in my head. And I told that person that, and I'm like, huh, I have a hard time with that too. And so when I'm talking to them, I used to talk to them and be like, they don't like, and every time I say something to them, they just don't say anything. Am I boring them? But then once I understood that, I was like, oh. I'm sitting here thinking, what should I say next? That's what they're thinking. And so once I understood that, I was like, I'd start to really bond with them in a different way. And I see them as a completely different person. Not even when if I text them or call them, any communication, I almost like just get it. Like, I'm like, oh, I know what you mean. I can almost see them saying it. Even in like in a text, I'm like, oh, the way that they text used to throw me off. Like I'm texting them and they could just go, uh, I might say, uh, you know, your, uh, your shoes were really cool. And they might go, cool, thanks. You know, I'm like, oh, dang. what is, is that supposed to be like a yeah. whatever? But now that I know them, I'm like, oh, no, that's literally. They probably said it like, cool, thank you. That really, I really appreciate that. That's yeah. more so how they would, you know. And that's how I, because uh, I understand them now, how they communicate. And I'm learning to do that with my um, music in the sense that like, how I can, when I learn more about how other people are similar to me, I start to see myself more. And I start to go, oh, like uh, I'm still a very reserved person. I think of myself as not a reserved person because when I'm on stage or when I'm by myself, I feel completely comfortable because that's where I feel complete. Mm. But when I'm with another person that I don't really know, completely reserved. 
And once I I start to see that in other people and I go, oh, they do those things too. And then I start to go, oh, okay. It starts to bring me back to reality and I start to go, oh, this is how I am. And uh, I'm kind of segueing. But I want to- Well, mm. let me- uh... Let me tell you what I think mm. about your your content because, mm. and it actually connects with what you were saying about being introverted, being reserved, etc. A lot of it is inspirational material. Mm. So a lot of it is you telling people that they should believe in themselves, mm. and uh, I think that this is one of the things that, in general, I think you know as as as, as negative as of a stigma as hip hop gets. Um, when it comes to motivational material, it's actually high quality, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I realized as an adult is like, why do, why do people like gangster music, mm-hmm. right? Why do people want to listen to thugs giving their spiel on life? And one of the conclusions I reached is that these guys are high stakes. These are people who walk the walk. So regardless of whether or not you think they're they're a good person, they are people who are taking a lot of risk in their actual lives, or at least people who are, they're portraying themselves this way. And that's valuable. Mm. Even if you don't like somebody, if you think that somebody has a job where dying is a part of the equation and they're still getting up every morning and, you know, working hard to achieve whatever goals they're trying to achieve, that's motivational. That's inspirational. Mm. Why? Because you are not dying. <laughs> you are not in a situation where death is one of the likely outcomes. So if they can do it, then you can definitely do it. And that's it's a very real message, even though it's kind of cloaked in this negative stigma. Mm-hmm. The reality behind it is like some of the people who are carrying the worst stigma are in the best possible position to motivate mm-hmm. because they're dealing with higher stakes than you. Mm-hmm. They're taking more risk than you. They're in worse situations and they're persevering through it and talking about it. Hey, I had a shitty life and I'm still motivated to keep working. That's like a general message in a lot of like the trap music or the gangster music or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyhow, I, I also think that people who struggle with things like being introverted and like, not that that's a struggle in and of itself, but like feeling like you don't have a voice mm-hmm. and then persevering through that to the point where you feel comfortable on stage, which a lot of people are afraid of. I don't know if you know this, but public speaking is a big fear amongst Americans in particular Hmm. Um, because they're scared somebody's going to hate on them, you know? (laughs) But uh, See, I was bullied, so I'm used to that. I'm used to the feeling of people not liking me. Yeah, and Hmm. well, what I'm saying is, like, you are the gangster for somebody. Hmm. Your motivational material is valuable because of what you've been through. And people understand that when they see you and when they hear you and the way that you're delivering it, that it comes from a real place. I appreciate it. So I, I would say count that in through mm. your uh, analysis of your music, too, because mm. I, think that's, I think that's one of the things that people specifically go to hip hop for mm. is to hear people to motivate them. Mm. As crazy as it sounds, people talking about drugs, guns, whatever the fuck, it's motivational. For people who and for people who are actually going through that too, yeah. it's motivational for them to see someone who is in that same pool as them be successful. And even that. not, even mm. not, a lot of the people who com- consume Fifty Cent, white people from the burbs. Why? Because it's fucking motivational. This nigga got shot nine times and he's making power. What am I doing? You know what I mean. So I th- I think that 
Yeah, don't discount that. And and consider like mental health journeys as real journeys, as things that you have to persevere through. Because mm-hmm. um, I know one thing that I consciously try to do, a few things that I consciously try to do that are of that same vein, or I consider them that, are I try to talk about science, mm-hmm. I try to talk about mental health, and I try to talk about sex mm-hmm. all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because I think it's motivational. Mm-hmm. I think science is important. I think mental health is important. And I think especially for people who have a science background or who are interested in pursuing science, sex is important because there's a stereotype that you're not a real human being. If you're interested in science, you're kind of like this other species that doesn't want to fuck. No, Mm -hmm. people want to (laughs) fuck. Right. In fact, I think that my science background is a large reason and I'm biased, but I think it's a large reason why I get to interact with the women that I interact with because a lot of my style right now is based in kind of it's kind of a, as weird as this sounds a lot of analysis and a lot of like brutal honesty a lot of these values that are true in in the science world mm. i apply to the relationship world so mm. uh, there there's actually a lot of crossover mm. and and but the stereotype is you study physics no pussy mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. that's definitely not the case if you're smart no pussy if you're smart at all no pussy be. you're giving up pussy as soon as you go for an a you know, you might as well settle for the D if you want to get laid ever. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. And I and I, I don't think that – I think that the arts are an area where people who are scientifically literate are allowed to talk about pussy. Mm-hmm. I think if you're – you know, if you have your PhD, you pretty much sign the dotted line where you have to be politically correct all the time. You got to be a stand-up citizen or whatever. And uh, whereas if you're an artist – you can just talk about your own life. You don't even have to make up shit. You could just be like, hey, this is one of the things that every hip hopper talks about. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I wrote the Grand Unified Theory of Chefs doesn't stop me from getting my dick sucked. In fact, it probably enhances it for a certain demographic of, you know what I mean? But um, so, I, I, so I, I, I say that to say for you that um, don't forget about this. Uh, it's easy for the person speaking to forget about the effect, the motivational effect of the work, because consciously you're focused on things like rhyme schemes and perfecting your style. But content wise, you're being honest about some things that I think are moving to a lot of people. And I think you're I think you walk the walk. So I think that that oh, I appreciate that. Well, because for me, I'm from the content world. So from the content perspective, Yes, style is important. Yes, delivery is important. But also, what are you saying? Mm. And a lot of what you're saying, I remember you had some some bars about uh, your heart is the spark or something. Mm. And I was thinking like, man, this really is um, something that should be thought about. And this is part mm. of the reason why I like writing lyrics too. Mm. This is something that should be thought about. This is not something that, sh- yeah, you can dance to it, but people should really think about what Jason is saying right now. Mm. <laughs> Mm. I appreciate that. <laughs> Instead of just shaking of ass, I mean, do laugh. both. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 it gets stronger. <laughs> it's stronger uh, and more intense. It's yeah. maniacal. Well, you know, in a good way. <laughs> I'm, I'm adding that in. Um, yeah, yeah, no problem. And 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 uh, for that reason, I hope that you know you figure out this style as soon as possible and you, you can pump out songs and you can get a SoundCloud. Yes. You have an Instagram though, right? Yes, I do. Right. Uh, I'm actually thinking about uh, 
this song that I have, I'm going to finish it. But the next song I'm going to make is going to be something that, to this style, and it's going to be a fast song. It's going to be a fast. This is on this song I'm working on now. I'm rapping fast, but I'm not rapping. My fast and, for example, someone else's fast is completely different to yeah. me because that fast is kind of like. We were just listening to uh, Twista. Right? Twist it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's real fast. Yeah, that to me is like Buster Rhymes, real fast. Yes, yeah. And Buster Rhymes, okay. I grew up on um uh, a little bit of Buster Rhymes. Mm-hmm. I really only got into Buster Rhymes when I was like a like seventh grade. Would look at me now. That yeah, song yeah, came yeah, out, yeah. and I remember that song. He was like, and I couldn't understand him though. But I was like, it drove me crazy. I was like, oh, I was going it's crazy. It's insane. And that's like that. Yeah. But the thing is, that was kind of a dancey song. It was. You need that. You need energy for those yes. songs. Yeah. He's the right guy to bring energy. Yes. And so, uh, who else? Twista. I, I grew up on Twista. So I always had that, that in that melody, that 2000s melody, R&B mm-hmm. type of, uh, that, that whole era, all those R&B songs, that too, um, I, I realized that when I rap to those beats, I feel like I'm in my mom's car going to Burger King on Friday after I got out of school, you know, oh, in elementary school. It takes me specific. back. Yeah, it's a very specific moment. So I can even see, you know, which car she had at the time and like, you know, like what, where were we, you know, in life? You know, I, it takes me back to those moments where I'm like, wow, I want to rap to music like this and make music that has this kind of feel to it because then when I'm making my songs, I won't have to... I won't have to make it. I won't have to make it be something. It'll just be whatever comes out. Yeah. And I've been writing in prepara- in preparation for I don't know how many songs. Like I've been writing uh whenever I just have a line, I just write it. And sometimes I wake up and I have I'll be dreaming and in my dream I'll start performing a song and I have these bars that I spit in my dream and I wake up, I get my phone, I grab the anything. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's annoying cuz I'm sleeping and I'm like almost there. You know you fall, feel like you're drifting off. And I come up with this crazy melody, and I'm like, damn, I got to get up, and I get to my phone, and I rap the melody in my uh, in my voice recorder, and it uh, it kind of just sounds like, it's just something like that, and I just yeah. do that, and then over time, I'll go back and listen to it, and I'm like, oh, this is crazy, yeah. you know, I need to make a, a, what you were just describing, how you were like, to write the flow, yeah. and yeah. In the same thing that I'm trying to do, I'm trying to write the flow. That's the flow. Yeah. And I was in the shower and I started rapping. I started rapping to a flow that I made months ago, and I remembered it subconsciously. And I started rapping to it. It goes like, and I started rapping like that to this beat because it fit. And I was like, whoa, that flow. It was. It's still in me. I remember it subconsciously, and I started rapping to it. And then I remember like, oh, I recorded this sound. And I'm uh, so I'm playing with that to where I feel like some of them are, are going to be actual songs. The flow is going to be the rhythm, like the melody, and some of them could just be like cadences. But I don't know. My body just decides, you yeah. know, what is going to be. I'm just rapping, and then wherever it just feels right. It just when it, I hear the beat in my head, it just oh, it would sound dope just like this. And I, I've studied music enough or listened to it. And when I mean study, just listen to so many things mm-hmm. and consciously analyze them to the point where i know the uh music has certain properties that are in every song like yeah. it's a music is always sitting on top of a almost like a track like it's a train on a track mm-hmm. and, uh, and as long as you can get the track the beat could change at any point you could play me a song i've never heard before and it could have many beat drops 
I'll adapt because as the moment the first beat change happens, oh yeah, I got the rest of the song, you mm-hmm. know. And it might just be I have to hear one or two notes of the beat change, and then I'm back on beat because as long as I can get, it's like if I veer off track a little bit, I can just scoop myself back on track. And once I learned how to stay on rhythm in that way, um, my writing changed as well to where now I can write something, like I said, and make it fit because it's just about rhythm. So my speed, my and my speed and my my cadence, um, I do that to play with rhythm, which is why I can't. And I, I do I change those things, manipulate those things to keep on rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited uh, for the day that comes when I'm around any. I'm at some performance and then someone, oh, here comes uh, J. Cole just exited his concert <laughs> and he's walking to his car. Yeah. Let me spit for you. All right. I don't even need to. Rem- I, I already have I have bars in my head. Cool. Check. I don't care what beat you play me. Go yeah. ahead and play me some new stuff that you got. Let me rap to it because I'll make it fit, you know, yeah. and then it's almost like, oh, you don't like that flow? Let me make a different. I'll just go the whole song and just keep changing the flow until I get one that he's like, oh. And so I'm, I'm almost like confident in my ability to impress even the slightest even in the the slightest if i'm on top of my a game when it's time i'm confident in my ability that anyone i'm rapping for to at least get them to go whoa you know yeah because i'll just keep playing and so i can almost like get that one where you you feel the energy though when you're rapping and you if someone's feeling what you're saying you feel the energy change mm-hmm. and so i just keep rapping until and I came, I keep rapping until I get the energy change. And that came from practicing rapping the whole beat. So once I mastered that ability, I can rap the whole beat. It it widens my ability to almost like not impress people, but to come up with something dope that is better than the verse before. Because mm-hmm. I just keep adapting to my verses. And it's um, yeah, when I do that, my mind is going crazy. Like I'm I'm in another world. Like I'm in a I'm creating words, like I'm putting letters together, like seamlessly, and it's almost like a conveyor belt. And if I get a flow, where I can start, I can play with alliteration. Once I get into alliteration and I find rhymes that I'm used to rhyming with, like brain, vein, pain, insane, you know, like that, I get go like that. It's all in my veins, making me go so insane. It's all in my brain, making me go on playing these games, you know. And I just keep going because I'm good. I'm good with aim. I'm good with that yeah. ace or like. All in my room, then the boom, 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 and I, I'm just keep doing that, <laughs> and it's all like a, it's all a rhythm. So I can, if I get my uh, rhymes I'm good with, and I'm performing or I'm freestyling some in front of someone, in my head I'm thinking like, oh, this is something that I do all the time. This is not that good because I do it so often and I have high standards for myself. But then I rap that to someone else and someone tells me, dude. That flow was crazy. I'm like, really? You know, because yeah. in, in my head, it's almost like that was just me um, playing with the rhyme. I, I wonder if I like really took it from the ground up from scratch and made every part of the beat, like each sound individually and each component individually, and then took a flow and and wrote it to that. In the, like each almost syllable was almost could even be a like different notes, like on a piano, if you were going doom, 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 doom. If I did that, I don't know, went to this, you know, I'm like, yeah. whoa, what if I did that? So I could just, each time I record, I just go, I, then the next time, won't, you know, and just keep and do that until it's almost like a piano, like you're playing a piano, like mm-hmm. Beethoven's symphony, you know, yeah. that's my song. And I'm like, huh, 
So um, you know what I want to do now is mm. make a song with almost no words in it. Mm. Oh, I, mm. I actually I'm gonna um, try to play an old song. I'm gonna try to play uh, two things for you, mm. and these are things that I I made a long time ago before Davis. Before I think I barely was in community college at this time, but. Since you've heard my recent stuff, mm-hmm. I think it's now a good point to look back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. two years ago, mm-hmm. 27, three years ago almost. Dang. 2017. Okay. Dang. So let me try to find this without taking too much time. But uh, let's see. Uh, Some old JP. Yeah, old. I'm gonna, but, but, but these are songs. One of them I really, I liked both of them when I made them. But one of them, the first one I think is timeless. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, uh, I think it's the last fast song that I ever made. Mm. So as a fast dude, you although you don't identify as one, as a fast I I'd consider rapper, myself a fast rapper. <laughs> you may enjoy this just because of its speed. Uh, let's see. Albums. Oh, wait, where's mine? I have trouble navigating through this, so give me some boom. Okay. Okay, the first one I think is like one of the dopest things I've done, but I need to put it on a shitty beat. Okay. Because, but the beat is so important that I don't know if I'm capable of it. But bitch, nigga, nigga, bitch, bitch, nigga, nigga, bitch, bitch. Nigga, I know this nigga, beat, bitch, bitch, nigga. Yeah, I know this beat. Yeah, dude. Nigga, nigga, bitch, bitch, nigga, nigga, bitch. Shouts out to whoever made this beat. Yeah, you too. The beat is dope. Bitch, still cooking it up. 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 This is one I was just listening to recently. I just saved it not too long ago. You don't understand it. Look my shit up. You don't understand it. Look my shit up. Bitch, look my shit up. Still cooking it up. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do what's about to come. I'm about to do a lot more of these. Okay. You feel me? It ain't nothing to it but to motherfucking do it. I mean, what else can I say? What you want from me? Huh? You want a handout? You want this? You want that? I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about, nigga. What the fuck you looking at me for like that, though? Yo, this is the end of a song. This is how like, it is. Like those segments. This is how we end of song. This is what you know we've heard. I'm going to put these on the podcast, actually. Because yeah, no, I have an online store for these. Okay. So I'm going to have these uh, these audio commercials mm-hmm. for. No, that would be perfect. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. All right, here's here's the last fast song I ever made. Okay. You might know this beat, too. I don't think, it, I don't know if this is a popular beat. Mm. Chef of X, I got flavors. 5150 on paper, 1550 from lasers. White nifty with tweezers. Easier with my levers. Read rolls on draws, nigga. Who's fault for fault shifts? What's the cost of couch sit? Sheep niggas ain't bout shit. Try surviving a time shift. Been on the grind since white bricks. Giving a time out, find bliss. Write lines for the finding. Advertising the methods, no stress. Investing in chef shit, big questions. Field testing, journalism is throw questions. Spent time in the field sweating. Met chefs who design weapons. Eclectics, no benzes, no figures, just wisdom. 
Go figure, what a shame, what a claim for defending, what a reign for the ending. How insane really is he? What a tame imagination, quite a flame, what a slip, education, advocate. Why'd he quit? Talking statics and mathematics, believe that when the grades fit. Till then, keep them lips a bit. Who's fit for a hot spit? Hood niggas a good one. Seen a wood on the light rail, six months out of Elmwood. Tap me like I was one. Blood cousin from Bompton. Said he wanna stay out the bitch. Funny cause I read calculus. Told him keep your job, man. Shared a couple of recipes. Welcome to the farm still hit. Even for this new release. Seems to me the hot spit is a consequence of legitimate. I connect with an audience. Yep. Solitary to the conference. Yep. Commissary to the colleges. Filling shit to technologists. Ooh. Trying to stay out of the politics. That's right. What is a modern economist? That's right. I wanna model our politics. Ooh. What is the cost of ignorance? Can we grow without profits? I wanna optimize honest. Hack into a database, calculate all the options. If I bomb like comedians, compete until I can't breathe again. Can't breathe again for believing men. Show the seeds what I see in them. But I see trees in the past tense, lab keys in the wallet, way fees at the CC translation. I'm cooking, bitch. Yeah, I like how you uh, added ad libs to where it sounded a little chaotic. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that was that was cool. I like that. No, I like that. I like your flow in that too. Okay, one more. This is, this is, you know this beat? This is a neon guts by Pharrell. Kind of sounds like some of the, the baby type beats. On this it is. It is. It, no, it's no, it's a Pharrell beat. Okay, it sounds very okay. Yeah, yeah. Now this is a writing song. If you listen, it's a weird song. Yeah. It has the range of my expression. That uh, that fast percussion, I would write to that. I needed the keys to the cages. I'm leaving my print in the pavement. Relating pencil shavings, raining. That's my cadence. Latency. Prototypes painted. Topics debated. I play with the new demographic. Writing proofs with a master. Hit the booth by demand. I've expanded my land. But I still understand. Niggas still need the evidence. Keep the mics in my bag. One chef with a tag. One bet's never bragged. Sunsets never last. Bit maps to the past. Universe is expanding. Academics in the canopy. Okay. Rudiments in my anatomy. Okay. Got my wrist as a delegate. Wrist. Been insane with my felon shit. It's a game, get my theory lit. What is pain without documents? Ooh. What is heart without challenges? Hi. What is art without dissonance? Uh. Played my part in the art form. Hi. Fresh star new metropolis. Stop. I'm rapping, I'm rapping, I'm rapping. 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 Addicted to baggage. baggage. How do you manage a cannon? Manage. Banned from quality camping. Bang. Canadian manager sadness. Got me some Behringers. Wants me to marry her. But here's the thing real chefs gotta love themselves before they think about a ring. No, See, you say shit like mean, that though, and I think about that. I'm like, have the same Mathematics in my seeds. Design schemes in my leaves. I got the best clothes. Hose. I got the best clothes. Chef of X, Red Chef. Plotting the best growth. Jotting the best notes. Honor the West Coast. Scaling the full scope. Real perception over hope, man. Blockchain over trust. Chef set over musk. Fundamentals over sheep shit. Respectful disagreements. Reasoning as medicine, sapiens as brethren, disturbed in a pincher. 
well bred, but I'm crisper. I'm rapping. I'm rapping, I'm rapping, 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 I'm rapping. I'm rapping, I'm This was like my last rap song. But this is a stolen beat, so it's like. If they're free, though, they're free. No, this is a Pharrell beat. Okay, this is a Pharrell beat. And then that brings back to the beginning of the shitty beat. Scooby, mm-hmm. you've heard this before. Mm-hmm. This is like my favorite song besides Cherry. The first and the last song I made. Now, mm-hmm. this is a one-day writing mm-hmm. session. So you could hear like, oh, okay, this was like a free write session. Used to with the Italian. Mustangs and the stallions, rust stains at my college. Bus rates out to West Sack was my old wage on the top rack. Last boots, I ain't own them. On the horse range in my sheep vans. No braids, no bands. Stuck to the plan, one cam. Steady break, fake masks. Prime time, it's 9 p.m. Lithium life, high DMs. Leafy greens, nigga, vitamins. Vegan scenes, too many queens for the sheep. Counting Bad green and pea bitch. protein. <laughs> and my weight belt, let them hang. Used to you know that's the meat uh-huh. <laughs> Carol was told play. me that. And Either I was way, like, what? I think you told me that. Way, yeah. Now when I hear it, yeah. Pull that briefcase, but my training got delayed. So I write it, record it, export it. My nigga try not to distort it for you, store it. I know some sheep from around my way that hoard it. I don't need it with the spices. I'll eat it boring. I know a lot of smart niggas with no vision. A lot of entrepreneurs stuck in prisons. Had to tell the pie river, I ain't no blood. I was in Bama chefing, I went mini off the blunt. I ain't a player pimp, nigga. I'm longboarding. I needed a book and needed a hug. Now watch me cook. Look at my look at my nuts. Chef alone, pick a meal and build vision. Then listen long and dick down strong women. <laughs> Gain skills, test them out. Real talk, that's all the chef shit's about. I bought my own stock. You can't copy me. I only bought the mics to copy Socrates. I only wrote rhymes after I dropped police. I'm a mad geek. Fuck your prophecies. My nigga, I write Greek that you might never read. I'm cooking meals in fields of sheep I never feed. I didn't steal you. She just joined the team. I'm not on lean, I'm just lean. Shout out to P-Protein. You know what I mean? Pay my respects. Shouts out. <clears throat> we were Roger Scooby. Show me how you with that Scooby. We were Roger Scooby. Show me how you with that Scooby. We were Roger Scooby. Show me how you with that Scooby. We were Roger Scooby. Show me how you with that Scooby. We were Roger Scooby. Oh man, I know you can appreciate that last bit. No, that People dope. didn't understand that part. That was dope, bro. Yeah. I want to ask it, bro. This is no. I if that was on some bass, turn it, turn it, turn it. You could, yeah. That's that would a, be dope. It's a, one of the rawest parts of that song. Yeah, that was cool. That was clean. You're really good at pauses, or really Yo, good at yeah. pauses. You know what that is? Really that. That's the speech and debate world, bro. Mm. That's the politician world. Oh, yep. Listen to yeah, an Obama speech again, bro. Mm-hmm. It's a Chef of X mixtape. That's why it sounds so amazing because it has like that like anticipation with every next word is so special because it comes yeah. with this special pause. Like you, wow. it's rhetoric. It's yeah. a thing. It's not from the rap world. It's mm. from the speech world. No, that's really good. Yeah, because that's it adds to your style. Like the one liner, it just intensifies. You, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Exactly. You need it. You yeah. need the pause for yeah. the one liners to work because mm-hmm. they're not. They, they, you've got to sell them. Mm-hmm. You've got to sell that this is actually something worth 
hearing. Mm -hmm. And it's like no content. Mm -hmm. So how do you make five words captivating? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Twista does the opposite. Mm -hmm. You say a thousand words in a second. Okay, mm -hmm. that's what's interesting. Mm -hmm. But if you just what if you just want to say today's a good day? Mm -hmm. Today was a good day. You have to sell it. Mm -hmm. You got to, you know, there's certain ways that you can do things slowly and still have them interesting, but you got to know what you're doing. Yeah, that's the next part of my development because I've been playing with pauses and allowing the flow to to chop it up. But after a pause and it, it makes it in my ear more, if I did it, timed it with a really dope, I love beat drops. I love, I grew yeah. up on trap music yeah. and I grew up on like, I used to listen to trap instrumentals with my friend. And I, don't we know, would, I don't know that. Okay, they're old, like their instruments that go dun 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 dun. You know, like almost like um, that one. The lady party rock. Turn it down for what? Stuff like that. I used to listen to those type of instrumentals, and we would just sit there and wait. Just wait for the beat drop. Yeah, yeah. It would build up, and then we would just go, oh, go crazy when it hit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love beat drops, and so I, I try to line up my bars to where you're. That's why I said uh, uh, to where I can. I'm trying to finish thoughts. That's what I'm trying to practice doing. I don't finish thoughts. I'm trying to line them up to where I hit it at the beat drop, and the next line is like the next verse, the next part. The after the beat drops, the next line starts right where it starts again, and I'm I gas it. So I go like, kind of like that, you know, just like mm -hmm. speed it up. And just go super fast. And I, uh, I've been practicing that. But in order to do that, I have to practice pausing. Because sometimes I try to go all the way to the beat drop and then add an ad lib and then hit it with a really fast flow. But then it almost makes the sound, the song sound too linear. Like it's just one straight line. And it doesn't make it sound like something that Jid has that I, I take value from is that his flows have a... They're different songs almost. How you can he can make a whole song off this flow, and so I'm like, okay, I can't just hit it with a beat drop and keep going with the same flow just faster. I have to dramatically change it with like action, like with like it has to be very overly the top dramatic. Like I have to be like at one point like screaming and then come back and just go super slow, you know, mm. and make it sound really like almost like I'm belching over the beat or, or like. Like if I was rapping like this, yeah, get the money, got the baby, and they go, you know, and like change it up like that. So where it sounds like, oh, what the heck? But it makes it a different song. But in order for me to do that, I have to really have the perfect pause to where I can still hop back onto the beat and catch my rhythm. Because when I'm recording, I think I'm gonna be the type of recorder to record in one in one go. Because when I freestyle or even when I'm recording just using my phone. I go in one go, and if I don't do it in one go, I can't. Like it's not. It's you don't want to go back. Well, there's an energy thing that happens mm. when if if you mess up. Sometimes if you repeat it too many times, you start second guessing yourself, mm -hmm. and then it'll mess up. Then you can't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's that is so one of the reasons why I like the one day writing record stuff is because I felt like the writing is already the product. Mm. So me rapping is just like an added bonus it's an added feature in fact i would rap here's the thing that's different it's like i make music so that i can listen to it mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i like listening to the shit that i made before and i'm i make shit now that's dope because i'm thinking in a year or so 
you know, I'm going to want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to want to listen to it. I think this camera just died. Okay. <laughs> that oh, one's that good. that one's been on you. Okay. So that one's been on me. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but anyhow, yeah. So um, that's another element to consider is like, who are you making it for? Yeah. And, and, and also would people, whoever you're making it for, would they notice? Like, I think for mm-hmm. you, people who like you would want you to do the best possible product that you can do because you care a lot about these details. Mm. People who like me would want me to just do the prototype because they know that's what I care about. Mm. Mm. I think for me, I, the way I see it, I kind of see it like, um, I make music for myself. Mm-hmm. And I make, I guess I make songs that, uh, everything that I've recorded myself rapping and I've like recorded it so I can re-listen to it. All of those, anything I've posted, any of those things, like when I go back and listen to them, I want them to make me feel like this, whatever emotion I'm conveying in the song, I want it to make me feel that, but like really intensely to where I can like drown, like just drift off into it. Because uh, in, in a way for me to explain that is like when I started listening to Kid Cudi music, the first time um, I, I would listen to like Day and Night when I was a kid because when it came out, I was kind of young, like eight. But then as I got older, uh, it was actually when I first got here, that was like four years ago. And so I met, uh, that was when I first met Demita, 2016. Wow. And it, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I've known Demita for a while. That's I'm insane the, to I, me. I've known Demita for four. Same with Dom. I've known them both for four years. Wow. Yeah. I met Dom when I was a freshman, too. And so I, I met both of them. And uh, both of them, Dom was already doing music. Demita, no. But that was the first time, that was around the first time I started smoking. And uh, I remember uh, Demita was not the first person, but one of the first few people I smoked with. And it was um, the first song she played when I went high with Demita was a. Uh, song called Ball Main Jeans by Kit Cudi. Mm. And it has this very sonic, deep, vibrating noise to it. And I, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this experience is crazy. I felt like I was connected to the music to where I could feel it coursing through me. I, I felt the music in my body. Mm-hmm. And I was just gone. I was in another world. And I'm like, oh, that was, it's just euphoric. So now I'm making music to where when I'm listening to it, I'm like, wow, when I hear this, I wanted to coast through me so I can just listen to it all day and just be off in another world, you know? Do you like to record high? Yes. Mm-hmm. I I like to, uh, but, and I think about that too. Like, I like to do it, but when I'm recording and I'm not high, I feel focused. I just don't feel the music the same way. I, almost, mm-hmm. I actually feel more focused on the, uh, the product itself. No, actually. When, okay, I feel more focused on the product, like the, the, the I feel more focused enough to like be producing it and like making it when I'm high. But when I'm not high, I have a different vision and a different perspective. And it gives me almost like a new like way to per- approach it. So I, I try to like I try to be in both elements. So I, I try to start when I'm not high. And I try to start like, okay, I'm gonna do this. But then when I get stuck and I'm like, I'm not feeling it the same way. I'm not, it's not registering the way I want it to. And sometimes when I'm sober and I'm like making something, I like change it completely because it doesn't sound right. And then I get high and I'm like, fuck, you, you know, fucked it up. Yeah. And so I try to remain in like one of the, if I start a song high, I try to like finish it that way. And mm-hmm. if I start a song sober, I try to finish it sober because with uh, some people in my life, when I'm with them, 
and I'm sober, it's actually better than when I'm with them and I'm high because they yeah. make me feel a certain way. Yeah. And they make me, and some people I've noticed like, like they make me feel really good. Like I feel more like at peace. And so I'm like, I actually like being with them when I'm not high. But mm. with other people, they it, it, they don't make me not feel at peace, but I feel almost like it's just better yeah. like with some people because some people are good people to be high with and some people aren't. And so yeah. I'm learning that with just experiences too. And with, especially with making music, some songs I'm like, oh no, this one would just hit different if I'm high mm-hmm. versus this one. I'm like, I, I actually don't want to be high because if I'm, if I'm high and I'm writing this song, it's going to like change the vision almost like it's a, it's a different mental state. And I, I like to play, with the mental states, because I really enjoy my mind. Like, I think my, I just enjoy the mind. The fact that we have one, I think is amazing. So I try to, like, explain to people what's going on in it, like, with my lyrics. Because I'm like, dude, like, I just, sometimes I'm like, sometimes I feel almost like, I was talking to Demita about this, too. Because, um, not to put her out there, but, uh, Never mind. Actually, I'm not gonna. Whatever. Okay. okay I was fine. just talking about Demeter yeah, yeah, about yeah. this and and shouts uh, out. Yeah, and this is just to say I have a lot of friends that uh, and I would even include you as one of those people that like are you're really connected to your mind. Like you yeah, understand yeah. certain things about it where you're like, oh, I can manipulate this and change that. And Demeter is one of those. That's what I was gonna say. And I, essentially, that's what I was gonna say. That me is a person like that too. The mm. same with Dom. I feel like with Dom. Alan. Well, a lot of people who are creative, yes, spend time reflecting. Carowith, yeah, Khan. You know, like all these people are people that I feel like uh, you actually like reflected on that. And I could feel like when I say that to you, it like, you know, when you hear it, you go, okay, you know, it makes you think. I'm, so that and that shows me that okay, this person is aware of the world. They're aware that like life is a reality that. You make it or you don't, you know, that's just what it is. And here you are, you're born, bam, do yeah. something, you know? And so I'm like, okay, I assume that the person understands that. And then once I feel like they understand that, uh, I'm segueing. Yes. So that, to me, is a person I can also do that with. And I try to do that in my lyrics. So what I do is I try to find the best. I'm good with analogies. I do it with analogies, trying to find the best way to describe something that's in my head with an analogy which is how I came out with the yoke of knowledge for me to describe. Right, the yoke of knowledge. I forgot about that. Yes. And that's why my name is the yoke too. Because Oh, on Instagram. Yeah, I'm the yoke of living knowledge because I see myself as just a, a representation of what everyone is. It's just that I am been the same person, but until I came into a, the awareness that, oh, I have a, a passion and I have a mission on earth, then I started to see myself completely differently. And it literally changed the way that I, I look at myself in a completely different way. I don't look at my I, I still have like insecurities, but I don't see myself as like like this. Uh, you don't belong. You're this fraud. Like there's no place you should be. No one likes you. It, it's more of like a no. I just need to find where I'm loved, and I need to just search for that. And so I just need to keep doing things until I feel that feeling of like oh. This this connection where I feel love and joy, no matter what, and and when I when I'm not feeling those feelings, I can go to that and it gives me that. So I'm like, what is it? It used to be people, so it used to be another mm. person, and I felt I was very I was a very clingy person. So I, I need I was like I feel that feeling when I'm with so and so, so I would latch onto them. 
but then so-and-sos would just leave, you know, out of my life, just how my life is. People come, go type of thing. So once I got, like, used to that feeling of, like, people just come and go, come and go. So to this day, people come and go. will come, oh, I need this, Jason. Okay, bye. You know, disappear. And I'm like, that's how people are at, in my life and how I've seen people in my life. That's how people are. And it kind of made me numb in a way. But to it's been hit. what's been healing me is the music because uh, it's an, an analogy. But it almost feels like every song is another person in my life. So mm. I don't even, I haven't, I've been rapping. I probably rapped to 100 instrumentals by this point, maybe more than that. And none of them, only like five or seven of them, I think, total. I recorded a song, of like verses over. Because it almost just feel like people in my life, I just let them go, forget about them. You know? Mm. And I was like, that was my date. That was a problem. And that whole song was a problem. And that's my my yoke of knowledge, which is I with in to describe it in regular words is just your calling in life, what you're great at, what you can innovate in, and what gives you higher purpose, like a meaning. Like podcast could be a part of your yoke of knowledge. It gives you a sense of like, no, I can innovate this. This is my personal project. No one's paying you to do that, but you want to do it. That's yeah, it. that's yeah, your yoke sure. of knowledge. And that's although what I would say that I just like yellow, not not okay. not, nece- not necessarily yellow shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, not necessarily mm-hmm. podcast specifically, but uh, but yeah, okay. conversations with three or less people. Yeah, and that's yeah, a part yeah. of your yoke of knowledge. Yeah, and and and, and twenty minutes or more. Yeah, mm-hmm. conversations with three or less people that last twenty minutes or more. Okay. Yeah, and that's all a part. You're good at that. That made you're comfortable in those areas. And well, it's a, a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's a it's different from everything else because you can't tell what's in someone's mind by looking at them. There's the the only real way that you can get in is if they're creative and they export it or if you talk to them. Because talking to them you can you can you can export it without them being creative if you know how to talk to them. But otherwise you have to just wait. You know, you just have to wait for the movie to come out. You have to wait for the mixtape to drop. You have to wait for the book to come out. But if you know how to talk to them, then you can get the real time data right now. That was deep. That brings me to a uh, a person that a uh, same person I was talking about earlier, and I was like, I'm learning new things about them. This yeah. person, uh, they they have a very powerful gaze. You know, some people <laughs> when you look at them and they're look, you're like talking to someone in their eye. Yes. They're like looking at you really strongly to where you're like, yes, I'm aware. This happens to me all the time. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> they, that person is a really powerful gaze. It almost it made me in intimidated to like to look them in the eye because i'm like <laughs> it's almost as if they're looking into your soul and yeah. i'm like what the heck and what was i what was i gonna say with that that this i try to guess what they're thinking I'm like what is this why are, but you gotta that's worth you gotta ask them that's the only real way and even if you ask them they might lie to you but the more you uh develop in the art form the more you can detect lies so the only you just get better at it, and then you're 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 reading of people's mental state. It's it's the only game in town for that. You can't brain scan them. You can't look at them. You've got to engage with them for Very twenty true. minutes or more. You got to engage with them. Basically, the twenty minutes or more thing is that even if someone lies, the longer you keep them going, the harder it's going to be to keep up the lie. So it'll eventually get exposed with enough time. Whereas with sound bites. It, there's no guarantee that the truth will come out. Mm. So the time matters, the number of people matters for reasons we already went over. And the general output is that it's the only game in town for measuring mental states. 
So if that's what you're interested in, conversations are going to be eventually something on your radar. And that's what I'm interested in. Mm. Yeah, it's actually what makes... That makes me interest. That like makes the person like almost like an uh, an experiment. Like I want to observe them. Like they're a, yeah. They they're not now a specimen in my brain because I'm like okay that uh that yeah that intrigued me. That intrigues me. But I was gonna say something to what you were just saying. Um, it was something. It was something to do with uh, talking to people because I feel like uh, when I'm when I used to do when I'm talking to a person, I'm trying to guess what would make them the most comfortable yeah like to hear well you have to on some level yes but it's a it's a it's an art yeah you have to know what's the right you know how do you and i'm notorious notoriously (laughs) bad at that right that could be a skill but i also take more risk than other people so if i'm you know uh going up to bat a hundred times and somebody else only goes up once and they say well he he struck out 30 times Mm. That other person only struck out once. Mm. Well, I went up a hundred times. Of course, I struck out thirty t- more times. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. If you if you're experimenting with the game of being genuine and being uh, upfront and honest, you're gonna strike out because eventually, you being genuine and upfront and honest is gonna be the wrong fucking thing to do, mm-hmm. right? It's, especially if you're at a university, it's always the wrong thing to do, right? But in general, it's always it's eventually gonna be the wrong thing because you're gonna hurt somebody's feelings. Mm-hmm. So the more times that you try, the more times you're probably gonna fuck it up. Mm-hmm. But if you never try, then you're never genuine. Mm-hmm. So you gotta figure out, okay, how many losses am I willing to take, mm-hmm. you know? I'm I'm still learning. Speaking your mind, it's risky. Yeah, I'm still learning because um, I think that sometimes I say things and I know what I mean, and the the person doesn't, and then I get this feeling like, oh my gosh, like the way that, that what I just said that probably sounded really negative or offensive, but I meant it in a completely different way. Well, hence the twenty minutes or more. Yeah. If you just leave it at that then they got to stick with whatever interpretation that they arrived at. But if you talk about it and you take the time to say, hey, what did you mean by that? Hmm. I was hurt by that. (laughs) If you take the time, it won't necessarily end bad. You know what I mean? But niggas aren't willing to take the time. So that's why shit ends bad. (laughs) I was hurt by that. Yeah. That's one thing that people are, everybody's bad at that because everybody's got to, You've got to be a tough person in this world, but the reality is a lot of the shit that people end up fucking bombing cities for is just because somebody was hurt and they couldn't express it. They're, they weren't allowed to express that. Hey, man, I was hurt. I was I was sad. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed. You got to be fucking, fuck that motherfucker, you know, bomb the city. You can't just be sad. You got to, and, and the reality is as human beings, we are hurt by things and we are sad and, and that... If you work at it, you can come to terms with things. You don't have to necessarily take the worst possible interpretation or lash out as a result of it or get angry, turn your sadness into anger. There are other options, but they take skill because guess what? If you're sad and you're trying to heal yourself, that means you got to be willing to go through the steps while you're sad. Mm -hmm. So if you can't do it when you're in a normal mood, how the fuck do you expect to be able to do it when you're in a worst possible fucking mood or you're angry or you're hungry or you're tired? You got to be fucking a Marine when you're normal just to barely make it. So hence why you got to keep practicing. 
You know? That's crazy you say that. That's actually great that you say that. And I'm gonna say say that to people like a lot because some when I meet a new person and I get this this hint that uh they they have this some people just have this sadness about them when I talk to them. And I don't I think it's also my the way I, I try to approach people when I talk to them. I try to really uh if something someone has something on their mind, sometimes I try to ask them like, okay, you know, you can share that with me if you want to. Because I used to try to force it out of people. Yeah. But now I try to just at least open myself. If it's if the conversation led that way and we're like talking and they're like, oh yeah, my dog died. And I'm like, oh, crazy. My dog died too. How did it make you feel? And it just naturally went that way. Then I try to open it up for them to like share their emotions. But I try to tell, like I one thing I try to tell people is like, when you're happy, like take pictures of yourself. Or when you're feeling confident, take pictures of yourself. And when you're like feeling good, start a project. Because when you're not feeling good and you're like, oh, no, I'm ugly and I, I'm, I suck at everything and I have no reason to be living, go back and look at all you created when you're not, when you were happy. Because it's very true. Like, when you're depressed, you are you have this feeling of there's no point to anything. Everything sucks. So when you start doing something, you might be very pessimistic. I know how I am. I get very pessimistic and I would get very pessimistic and I would get nowhere and it would make it worse to the point where I'm like, even more stuck, you know, and then you add other factors and it just, you know, it's just a shit storm. But if like what you're saying, like if you take the time to develop something like actively, then when you're in a different mental state, it's almost like you have something to look back on and add to. And it gives you a different perspective because if I'm happy and I'm writing a song, when I'm sad, I'm going to have a different perspective of the world. So now my song isn't this like happy go lucky, this like pure, you know, because Life is impure. And I even try to to segue it into my my lyrics. Like I try to be I try to motivate people, but I also try to be real and be like, okay, look, I'm talking about how these kids need help, but I'm also gonna talk about the fact that when I smoke, it makes my uh it turns my it makes my parent it makes me it helps me understand my paranoia. And just saying that, like, yes, I smoke weed is something that can throw stigma down my throat but the fact that uh as a rapper not really very true but as a person <laughs> when people hear that they're like oh you know but well, i'm like you don't know me you don't yeah. know like the things that's going on in my head bro yeah. so if you did then who's judging you for smoking weed in 2019 i think it's more so uh people who don't understand black people people yeah. who aren't around black people yeah. and they see me they're like oh you're black people all black people and then they start yeah. seeing i'm like yeah. no i'm just a person you yeah. know yeah they think like because I'm a certain way, that that means I'm like a special version of black people, and I'm like the savior to all black people. That like, you know, like this you like the savior. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> but I don't want to be Jesus because he got crucified. Well, that's and that metaphor is accurate. Yes, if you try to help people, more likely than not, <laughs> okay. they will go against you. They will not yes. be happy about it. Yes. Because helping involves change, and people fucking hate change. Yes. If you say, "Hey, man, maybe you should uh, change up your diet." you're more likely to get crucified than thanked. <laughs> and which is what I'm saying. Like when people start seeing like, oh, you're this person who's, you struggle with things and you do things that are not always socially acceptable. Cause I used to try to be always socially acceptable. And now I'm just like, you know what? Right in this situation, somebody <laughs> might make a joke. One time a person made a joke who I am um, indebted to in a way, I guess, by power standards, power standards, power mm. dynamics. Yeah. So they're above, they have more power than me. So I owe them behaviors, such as if they make a joke, I'm supposed to laugh. No, but, that's ridiculous. 
This is what I'm saying. That's the exact opposite. This you should only now. laugh if, if you respect funny, the joke. Yeah, or, or, or if funny. it's funny. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess funny would be more important than that. I would only laugh if I respected it, even if it was funny. I like awkward jokes. If you make a joke and it was so awkward, I'm like, you're crazy for making that because that was awkward. I'll laugh because I like awkward comedy where I'm like, you're just being weird and that's funny to That's me. funny. Yeah, yeah sometimes it's just your existence is the funny thing. <laughs> like, dude, you're yeah. just a really peculiar person. Like, that's funny. You By know? the way, this uh, last couple of years has been the first time in my life, have been, th- whatever, the first time in my life that people have reacted to me that way. Like, I would hang out with the um, the BSU, the Black Engineers Organization, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, this guy's funny. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what am I doing that's funny? Uh-huh. You know? But I realized from their perspective a lot of the shit that's normal to me is kind of extreme to them. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh my God, this is crazy. Oh, wow. You know, it's engineering mm-hmm. students. So I would <laughs> You're just... breaking social norms. Yeah, I would just... Like, I, like some, it'd be what I'm wearing or just the way that I said hello. Uh-huh. Or like, I realized uh, when I'm interacting with women that I don't know very well, that's usually when I'm telling jokes naturally. I'm not trying to, but... It's a way that I've I realize I'm interacting with them, so um, I'll do things that are normal to me, mm. but I realize like oh I guess that is funny like I guess I did <laughs> at one point I actually had to try to do that I mm-hmm. consciously thought let me talk to somebody this way mm-hmm. so that they can laugh, mm-hmm. but that's been years ago so I don't even know what I'm doing anymore, <laughs> yet it's getting these reactions and I'm like. It's always weird when it's something that I'm not trying and mm-hmm. and people react as if it's funny. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. Ah! Like, wait a minute. That wasn't even like a real joke. Mm-hmm. Why are you reacting that way? Because mm-hmm. to them, it's not the social norm. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Just walking in the room. I was talking to someone else about uh, social norms too. And um, anyway, I, it's funny too because like the conversation I have with you, I have with like other people as well because uh, I'm learning that similar to what you're just saying, uh, I'm learning that I see myself in a different way than other people see me. And I like when I'm sitting by myself, I see myself as like, oh, I can like, I can enjoy a conversation about football. I can sit there and talk about that because I'm sitting in my room. I'm like, yeah, that would be easy. I can just like talk about these things and you know and i can have that conversation but then i'm actually in the conversation i'm like oh no i'm I'm actually very bored you know yeah so then when i get to talking to people i just start talking about this kind of stuff because it it makes me it entertains me and then i end up having like so many similar conversations because this is what i like to talk about (laughs) and this is me realizing myself like i'm like who am i as a person and i similar things like with uh comedy when I was growing up, people would say like that I'm funny, but then people, my cousins used to tell me all the time, like, oh, you're really funny. And I wouldn't like, I'd be like, okay, so I would try to be funny and I would do things on purpose, like exaggerate. And I would even use like my brother sometimes and as an experiment to elevate my funniness yeah. by using him, you know? And uh, which is kind of terrible because sometimes I would throw him under the bus, but it's for the joke. Yeah. <laughs> terrible though. But, over time, I grew to understand I was doing that because I was trying to be something I wasn't. And now that yeah. I am just like Jason, um, people's reactions to me now I think are very like uh, people tell me might tell me like, "Oh, you what you said was really insightful." But when I said it, I wasn't like saying it to be like a preacher. Like I'm, right. say, I'm I was just kind of it's just something that's true. A yes. lot of the times, that's something I experience too. Is that uh, people use the word deep. Mm. But the reality mm-hmm. is, if you're the deep person, it doesn't seem deep. It just seems true. Mm-hmm. 
It just seems true. So you're just saying things that are true, like, uh, you know, all relationships have troubles or something, and somebody could say, oh, that's deep. But from your, if it's true, then it's like, it's not any deeper than any other truth. Yeah. It's just, it's actually a shallow. Yep. They're all equally shallow, and they're all equally deep. They're just true. Just and I think what, what people mean is that maybe it takes some amount of effort to realize that truth, whereas other truths are more apparent right off the bat. Maybe the deeper ones are the ones that take more effort to discover. Mm -hmm. But if you've already discovered them, you don't fucking know the difference. <laughs> Unless you just worked hard for it, then I guess you do. But oftentimes, I don't know the difference. Hmm. A very deep truth for me that I uh, came to understanding over the summer was... Um, the truth of like building something in life or, or more so like that uh we're born not knowing what to do like when i i start to realize that because i start to think about of all the things that all the reasons to live all of them every single one of them now you're getting in my arena by yes the way. and and yeah. there's and i had conversations with you like this before and it's like if you think of all the things that we can do every day there's only a few things that you need to do such right. as drink eat sleep things you, know? you need to do things you have to do <laughs> i mean so, things you need to do things you want to do yes and yeah. the things that we want to do are because we create we create our own ecosystems as people so we determine you must go to job to earn money because these are all money is a material thing it's made from materials that are part of the earth cotton and paper or whatever that's made from materials so that means that a, a cotton plant is just a natural plant that grows from the soil that we took to make it into money and whatever else is money all these these materials that money is made out of. And we made those things and we say, now this has a different value than the materials that it was made out of. But in reality, it's not, money has no value. It has no uh, universal value to the earth. It has no value to the earth because right. it is the earth. It comes from the earth, materials from the earth. And so what we're doing is playing, we're placing a social value on it. It now has meaning in the world. And, uh, and so because of that, our world operates on that. So Well, the thing is that's that's creepy about it to me is that that's all that meaning is, is the agreement between ourselves and the other humans. Mm -hmm. And there could be another sense of meaning that exists between frogs mm -hmm. that we would know nothing about, except maybe through their behaviors. But meaning is our, it's something that we assign. Mm -hmm. And, um, or by we, I mean some human. So, so some other human before we were born decided to assign this value to this material or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but ultimately, it was a human that decided that, and that's that seems to be the bedrock of meaning. Whereas the physical world has nothing to do with meaning. Mm. The physical world exists completely independent of meaning. If if there were no humans to assign human meaning, let's say, the physical world would operate exactly the same. Mm -hmm. If everyone died, it would still be operating exactly the same. Um, so the meaning part, I think, once it's understood that there's some assignment going on then the creative insight is I can assign. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go off of other people's assignments and let why well, you do in the modern world, but I can also assign meaning and then other people can go off of my assignment. Mm -hmm. And therein lies creativity mm -hmm. in my view. And it, it, and over the summer, this was coming into my head and I was really starting to believe it just as much as somebody might become a part of a religion and believe like, no, this is, how reality is this is well it is actual. how reality is and i think that's what's different from religion mm. is that in this sense it's verifiable 
Mm. You don't have to go on faith that meaning is something that human beings assign. That's definitely true. Mm. So, um, and you don't have to go on faith that if you assign meaning to something, other human beings can also decide to go along with that paradigm. Mm. And the more that go along with it, the more widespread that meaning will be. Mm. That's also true. Those and 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 those those things aren't true because of someone saying it. It's true already. And you can make the observation in your own life mm-hmm. to verify it. Mm-hmm. Whereas statements about, you know, um, God loves you is actually not verifiable in your life other than your personal experience. Th- these things about the way that meaning propagates through our society, you could verify them. Mm-hmm. And it started to make me, um, I agree, and it started to make me, um, it kind of made me cave into my mind a little bit more because it actually made me start seeing myself from like an intrapersonal perspective. Like I felt almost like it pushed me into my body to where I started to see myself as not outside. Like I'm a, like I felt, I started to feel like I was more so in my body than my actual body. And Mm. I started to see the world as in like, I'm in like this, like I'm my consciousness and I'm sitting in like flesh and I started to feel like that. And I started Mm. to start to see the world from like inside. And I, uh, I stopped becoming afraid of certain things because then I was like, oh, snap. If I'm inside my body, then I'm protected because this everything that I'm experiencing is almost just like a moment in reality. And I'm just this cause, I'm just this force. Okay, imagine if time is like a, a realm. I feel like my consciousness is in time where past and future are all a part of the same timeline. I'm just at a certain point in the timeline. So, at one point I was in the past. Now I'm in the future. I'm in the future point from that past, you know? And so that's the present. And the present is, is every present moment is only there for a moment and it's gone. The present is like, uh, the present is ever changing, but the past and the future are like constants because there's always going to be a past, always going to be a future. Every present moment changes. So I'm like in every present moment, I just have to manipulate it until, until where when I'm in the future, I can look back on it and go, okay, did I like it or not? And if I know the future exists, because I know there will be a future, I know that when I'm lit, when I'm not here, I'm going to go to my apartment. What am I going to do? I know it exists. So I'm, I started to learn how to prepare for the future by making the present as best as possible. Meaning I started to live in the moment and go, okay, I understand that this present won't be here anymore. Would I like to regret it or would I rather want to go, I'm glad I did that. So I started to go, okay, I'm nervous to do this right now, but I know that this is just right now. Later, I won't be doing this and I won't have that feeling. So why not do it now? Yeah. And I stopped being afraid of creating and innovating because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing and this is not good, but it's just because it's not good right now. And that all came from understanding that every meaning that we ascribe to life is something that we develop and create. It, it almost starts to think of like human beings as just being a product of the universe existing. Like things could have just happened in a certain way, all lined up in a certain way, and bam, life started to form. Almost well, as you if, might not like that, but you might not like this, but that's true. Yeah. <laughs> now we're just a product of existence, you know? Yeah. And that it comes that that gives me so much peace because then I start to like I don't care what you believe, you know? I, I don't care what anybody believes. Once I understand that, I almost start to see like the the meaning and everything. Any the worst experience that could ever happen to me in my life is just a product of, product of of existence. And it's there's true. 
There's no, no one's punishing me. There's That's nothing true. I did to cause it. And it's you happened. know what's interesting about that is, so I, I studied uh, math and then electrical engineering for a while, and you've identified something that a lot of people don't seem to understand, but there's a heavy emotional component to learning about the universe. So you, you may think about it as, a, as this dry um, kind of mechanical um, pursuit and think, oh, well, the arts are really where all the emotion is, right? Or the social sciences, we study people. That's really where all the rich content that people really care about, that's where you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I felt very much like, no, philosophy and physics, that's mm-hmm. where the rich content is. And it's because of what you just said. Mm-hmm. Learning about the nature of the universe and your place in it is a deeply emotional, moving experience to think, wow, I exist and it seems to be that it's just a matter of how the atoms turned out, that I can have this experience and that there, there's really nothing personal in it, that there's a wide range of experiences. But I'm having this one not because I'm being punished or rewarded, but because that's the way that things turned out. And I can influence how other people's experiences are going to be in the future. I can actually help some other set of atoms have a better experience while I'm here. Mm-hmm. And... um that's something that comes from having a deep enough understanding of the history of the universe as we know it mm-hmm. to come to terms with this idea of like, wait a minute, there's no punishment or rewarding. It's just life. Mm-hmm. There's no prediction mm-hmm. of the future. It's just time. Mm-hmm. And you're speaking like a chef because in the grand unified theory of chefs, there's a, mm-hmm. it boils down. I, I spent about two years writing this theory. Whoa. And it, and it boils down to one page. Okay. And there's only a few simple ideas in it, and you've mentioned all of them already. Hmm. One of them is what you said. There's so many things we can do in the day. That idea is captured by the set of all possible meals. Hmm. So a meal is a goal or an accomplishment, mm-hmm. and a set is a group of things. So the set of all possible meals is the group of every possible goal and accomplishment. When you ask the question, what am I going to do today?, the chef version of that question is, which of these meals am I going to pursue? Out of all of them, which ones am I going to pursue? Mm. Um, the second idea is the idea of the ideal chef relation, which is that there's a three-variable function, and it relates to itself in time. So you have the present moment, and you have the past. And the three variables are you, the meal, mm. and time. That's it. Mm. The way that you determine whether or not you're a chef right now with respect to that meal is you say, looking at where I am now and looking at where I was in the past, am I in the same place? If I'm not in the same place, I'm a chef. Hmm. That's it. So those two ideas come together in the grand unified theory of chefs by saying, okay, look at the set of all possible meals. For each of those meals, you as a chef in this moment of time, have a specific reading. Either you cooked the meal, either you're in the same spot, I mean, either you either you advanced or you didn't advance. Mm-hmm. So for all those possible meals, either you got better or you didn't. So it splits it. Mm-hmm. It splits everything you could possibly do into two groups. Mm-hmm. One of them are the meals with, you're, you're a chef with respect to these meals. Those are the ones that you got better at. You're a sheep with respect to the rest. Mm. So that's why the sheep is the podcast logo Mm. because with respect to most things, you didn't get better. Mm. Overall, 
you're always going to be a sheik on average. Mm. But that doesn't mean you can't be a chef. In each area. You're both. Mm-hmm. Some things you cook, some things you don't. Mm-hmm. Some parts of math you're good at, other parts you don't understand. Yeah, and that's true with everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So That's deep. I know. Yeah, well, yeah, time. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned, hey, it's what are we going to do? That's a part of the theory. Uh-huh. And time. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the same, but it's just different moments of time. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. As a chef, those are the only things that are important. The mm-hmm. only things are, what are you doing? Look at time. Look mm-hmm. at where you are now versus where you were in the past. Now, keep in mind, are you looking at where you are versus where somebody else is? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. It's the same chef measuring themselves against themselves. Mm-hmm. That's where people get lost, though. People get. That's why they don't cook, because they don't know how to do it. They're still looking from side to side. Hey, how am I compared to him? How am I compared to her? No, you're not thinking like a chef. Mm-hmm. Only thing that matters is you, time, and the meal. That's it. Don't compare your cooking one meal to somebody else cooking another meal. You already fucked up two of the variables. That people, I, I, I think it's like you're cooking egos, and someone's like making like waffles from scratch. You know, you're like, I need to be like that. You no, know, you don't. That, you need to be process. better than you were the last time you cooked egos. Yeah, you can't burn them this time. You know, you yeah. need to start with that first. Whatever you did true. last time, that's your starting point. Mm-hmm. Whatever you did yesterday, that's your starting point. Mm-hmm. Make today better than yesterday. Heck yeah. That's motivational in itself, just saying that. Oh, yeah. That's it very is. motivational. It's true. Yeah, you're putting that in your music, too, so that's motivational, dude. Uh, well, I try to put phrases of it in, but I think the most pure form is the math version because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's very, uh, it's it speaks to my past. It's a very important part of who I am. And it's interesting because I enjoyed talking to you about those things because I like physics. They actually, I like, I, I, I sit down and watch like videos of like a scientist explaining yeah. black holes. Like Neil I, deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, heck yeah, bro. Cosmos, dude. Cosmos. Uh, yeah, <laughs> deep stuff. I like that stuff because it helps me understand like, okay, the world works in a certain way, and understanding physics helps me understand um my life because then I start to understand that I'm not all the things I'm not in control of. I don't have to worry about. So exactly. I, I'm not in control of. For example, if physics is a reality and I'm running and someone throws a rock and it hits me in the head, I can't go and say that some outside force caused that to happen because of my action because it's just a part of physics. Like that's the way that the world works. Like an event happened and I, and events, like things are events. So everything that is written, that we have written in human history we define as these are all events in time. And the fact that we have, uh, uh, for example, the internet, we have something like the internet. Now you can go back and see every day that has ever existed since the start of the internet because something happened on every day. And I'm I'm pretty sure some of it is like, uh, at least for articles, you know, Mm -hmm. at least for articles. You can go find an article for every day from starting some starting point to some, you know. To today. Yeah, Yeah. it's infinite up until whenever the internet stops. And uh, what you're saying, like, and what you're saying, and that, put that together, it helps me, um, and also studying physics, it helps me, like, understand, like, okay, um, life is really my tool to to manipulate, to the point where I started to think about, okay, all the things that I have in my life, all the things that I've worked for, all of the things that, you know, anything, my, I'm in college, um, I'm working, all the money I've saved, all the money I have currently, all the things that my parents have and my family have that I have access to, all of those things, all the things that I, that I can utilize. Um, what if I took all that? If and I took all of that, threw it away. I don't have any of it, and it's just me. 
my body and I'm in the world, for example, or for like homelessness. If I had that, would I still think on this level? And I push myself to be like that. So I think like I try to put myself in those situations and really, because that's the true challenge. If you have no resources, you have nothing, you, your own wits in the world, could we survive in that way? Because that's true. That's human survival. Like if from what we have, from what our species have evolved from, that's where we started at some point like that. So right. where, where it's just us in, the, in reality and pushing myself to be like that helps me to, um, it's like almost like this, it's a ultimate consciousness, this ultimate connection with nature. Well, have you heard of um, the hierarchy of needs? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. What's, what Pat would likely, uh, no, no, no. Or well, Maslow maybe as well. Maslow. Maslow. Yeah, Maslow. Okay. Pavlov is the uh, salivation dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah very true. Um, dinner time. Yeah. Um, th- what would likely happen if you um, abandon all your resources mm-hmm. is that you would start focusing on things other than creativity. Mm-hmm. So you would you'd just focus all of your energy on basic or or you'd still be creative, but you'd be solving problems related to basic survival as opposed to uh, fulfillment, personal fulfillment. Because being a creative is a very um, privileged position to be in because um, you are worried about how satisfying your life is. But when you don't have your basic needs met, you won't be worried. It's more likely that you would be far more worried about getting the met than how satisfied you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is uh, interesting because uh, segueing that into hip hop, if you think about hip hop, how it was created, it was created with um, a little to nothing. It was created with, uh, uh, what do you call them? They're not, I don't think they were called mixers. They were called, uh, or well, really it was created with turntables and old records. And mm-hmm. then, the 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 development of scratching from Grandmaster Flash and all these other things and like uh, another uh, cool breaking. thing about that radio show by the way yes the ability to scratch heck yeah I was playing with that I was playing with the yeah that was really cool and the like uh, what's his name Herc he started making break beats and people would dance to like these like drum beats like doom, 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 and people would just like get down to it break dancing and that mm-hmm. whole thing you know and all these other things all these different elements start to come up. From nothing, it just—it's just like the the remnants of an old musical genre, like funk and like jazz and soul. And so it starts to emerge. And like, if you look at it today, it's like a, a billion dollar industry, music industry, and hip hop like rules certain parts of the mu- music industry. And in a lot of ways, it influences the entire mu- music industry in style and in, in like almost as in uh, production. Like if uh, you listen to the radio. The biggest radio stations play primarily hip hop, the biggest, and then the not so biggest play other stuff, like the, all the other stuff you go to for that, like not the not big radio stations. Yeah, so hip hop has grown over time. Yeah, yes, and that's a part of like cooking and the whole like the chef philosophy is. Well, the that's what happens when you're better every day than you yeah. were yesterday. You over time, you get significantly better, mm-hmm. and there's also these jumps that can happen. So if you think about. Uh, one jump can be publishing something. Maybe you get better at writing, better at writing, better at writing, but you haven't published. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a limit to how much influence you can have without ever sharing your shit. Mm-hmm. But then once you start publishing, at least high enough quality material, then you can have a jump in productivity. Why? Because other people can read and share your shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I Very made a uh, cherry not too long ago, and I share it with a few people, but those people 
have told me, oh, yeah, sometimes I share it with other people. Sometimes I share it with other people. You don't get that effect if you don't share, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, which is why it has was... to be, yeah, it has to be enough. There's, there's, there's this linear progression of getting slightly better than yesterday, but then there are also the jumps of getting to new levels. Mm-hmm. And a level jump is that you can do things that you couldn't have done on any of the previous levels, mm-hmm. you know? And um, with with posting, that's that was my philosophy as well. The if I don't share, I won't progress in a certain way, and I won't reach those next levels. And I started uh, the first thing that I posted was um, something I had never rapped before. But bring, going back to that conversation we we're having earlier about uh, the Black Fall Welcome, all of that stuff. The first time I posted anything, that was the first time I heard the criticism from those um raps which is I'm, why i'm glad i didn't because when I, that thing i posted was the first time i had it was much faster and the, the first time i had ever rapped it was super, really slow you know and then the first thing i showed the whole world to via social media was like i'm like rapping fast you know and i almost uh was glad that i had those that transition because anyone who heard both they were there when i did the performance and they also saw the post uh, almost like they saw this dramatic increase, and I saw it because I saw that within myself, and um, and almost uh, enjoy, I started to enjoy the feeling of throwing people off, like almost like it, it creates almost like an effect that is a part of my art. Like I want to be, I enjoy the idea of being the underdog, so that when people, when I surprise someone with something they've never heard before, it adds to the uh, almost like the excitement of what I'm doing. Mm. And so I've been practicing uh, when I do post something, I'm like, okay, I'm going to post this, drop it, and just go silent, you know, and just disappear almost. And so I feel like, okay, the time is right. And then I drop something else. But that new thing I, I have to put, if I haven't been practicing or working, I can't put something that is even vaguely similar to the thing I last dropped. It, because if I did, people will... Yeah, I I fear that people will start to get the idea like, okay, this is that's it, like that's all you can do. I try to always be progressing beyond the best thing I ever can make. I'm like, okay, that is just now. Like, I have to progress past that. So I wonder, like, too, and I look at artists like Jay Z. Jay Z is uh, Jay Z very much in a different realm now because he's very much like, like Jay Z is a capitalist. I mean, he he's a businessman. He's an entrepreneur, so he he owns things. And so, but when he first started writing and like making music, uh, his all his work progressed it, it, to the point where he is now. It very much still sounds like Jay Z, but what he is saying and what he's like doing is so much more like popular. People like take it more, and I feel like they they did before because of like him like he always kept doing it and, and him as a person he always progressed even though i don't agree with everything he does he built like he you can see that jay-z started from just a rapper he has a, a a label and a streaming service like he built to that point and i think of j cole in that way in in the same way where he started he's just rapping but he built and he has something i want to be like that too where i use rap simultaneously with the progression of, of, of with the progression of myself my rap progresses so that i can build with it and i want to actually have like a program that i run for students but use my my rap to build it and develop it so like i said i'm not pure so i'm not going to 
make sure that I never curse or that I never say anything negative. Well, cursing would make you pure in hip-hop. Yes, yes. Is what I'm saying. Like, I'm not, yeah. I don't want to make myself this pure, like, oh, I, I'm, I rap for kids. More so, like, no, I'm, I'm speaking to the generation. And the, the things that I'm saying are very true to their generation. Like, if I said, like, uh, uh, they pappy zany pills and now they bodies hurt. You know, like I'm. That's real. Like these, the your rappers these days are not overdosing. You know, so I'm I'm speaking to that and I'm using the same language that they use. I'm not, I'm not trying to correct it or anything. Do you consider yourself one of the kids or a member of the youth? I do. I I but I I would consider my youth is uh I'll consider like when I say youth I think of my brother's age. My brother's sixteen. Versus when I, and I still think of myself as a young person, I would consider myself youth, but my youth would be more like, uh, I would consider you a part of my youth group mm. bracket, you know, yeah. I would consider you a part of like, okay, now we're young and we're, but we're almost. But to me, my, uh, my philosophy is more old school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I, I yeah. liked, I liked really pure academics for forever. Mm. Like the way that people grow up wanting to be hip hoppers. That's how I grew up. Uh, first wanting to be, whatever, wanted to be musicians. No, that was. It's funny. like I, I, I grew up uh, really wanting to be a logician of some sort, some some logically based disciplined person. So either a lawyer or a scientist, mm. and that was that lasted a very long time. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem that long because of the way things played out. But like, mm. you have to think of it like. I'm one of the few. So when I left school in Alabama, I was applying for PhD programs in electrical engineering. There's only like a few people that you'll meet, uh, at least a few black men that you'll meet, mm -hmm. where that's the truth for them. That 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 was actually of interest to them to the point where, uh, like, they were competitive and they wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I know one guy who went to um, Vanderbilt. And he was trying to get me to go there because he said it's a pretty good program. Mm. And I was in the South, so I was considering schools on the East Coast, schools in the South. Um, but there's there's only so many people who were in that kind of bracket. But what I'm saying is I wasn't like the guy who was uh, jogging around the track. I was an athlete where I was actually in the game. You know what mm. I mean? So when I write the Grand Unified Theory of Chefs now, it's largely a joke, but also... Um, it's the type of material that one could expect for me to produce for the rest of my life anyway, mm -hmm. because uh, it was my main interest. And then after I went to jail, then I, I started writing in the jail, basically, mm -hmm. largely because I was around people who were performing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, none of these guys have ever written an essay before. Mm -hmm. And it's, the writing was pretty good. It, I mean, the songs were pretty good, but they don't have the chops to mm -hmm. write. I'm the only one who actually knows how to write here. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I had public speaking experience. So I know how to perform, too. So then, uh, long story short, I would just write a bunch of stuff and not perform it. And eventually, somebody was like, hey, yo, you're always writing. Like, perform. So then I performed. And it was a smash as soon as I performed. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to write jail material. Because just to cue you in... The first kind of the earliest version of my writing was writing about other people. Hmm. So I would meet an inmate who was like a murderer or whatever, and I would hang out with him. I'd do some podcasts with him, hmm. and I'd be like, I'm going to write about you. I'm going to write a few bars about you. And then um, after a while, it got burnt out. And then I, I, I had a bad experience. Some guy it was a weird, like 
almost stalking thing mm. where I was like, I don't really know you. Like, I can write about people that I know, mm. but I can't just write, you know, out of the, I can't interview you if I don't actually want to be your friend or I don't actually want to hang out with you. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, no more of that. And then I started writing about myself. Mm. So, uh, but one of the early songs that I performed was about the jail. It was called jail terms. Uh, there was, everyone speaks slang and, um, there's, you know, I'm, I'm writing down almost as if I'm learning another language. This means this, this means that. So somebody says, Oh, you know, two soups for the goofy or something like that, then I would understand what the fuck they were talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a song where I just went through some things that I thought were funny that were in the jail language. Mm -hmm. And people were like, Oh, what I like about it is that this is about our environment that you wrote this here. And it's really about us. And that's, mm -hmm. that's cool to us. So that was the beginning of my storytelling slash reality rap wave that kind of just uh, uh, ended with the um, one-liners. Hmm. What does that mean? What? Two soups for the goofy. That was a made-up one. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, There's, that's not a real phrase. Because goofy is a is a a slang word. Yeah, you know what the be my best the, my favorite term was uh, right off the dribble. I only heard right somebody use dribble. it once, but it was mm -hmm. I was like, that's the coolest fucking thing. Is ever. that is that like off tops? I think so, yeah. Okay, like off tops or like uh, immediately, I think is mm -hmm. the translation. Off tops. <laughs> it's off tops. That's yeah. funny. I was watching a video on LA slang. The slang that I grew up hearing. Yeah. Was like uh like dummy or like uh uh what's a good one? Um oh like all oh, my mama or oh, like my mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or or what's another good one that people used to, low key or high key, all of those. Yeah, high key. That was all foreign to me when I was younger. Cause yeah. I used to I went to like predominantly white schools. And yeah. so not until high school, I went to a black school and I mm -hmm. was like, what the hell? You know, this is a whole yeah. new experience. And um and I had to like really relearn it. And I had to learn it for the first time. But what's interesting, I was gonna say uh I feel like Jail or prison writing is a whole different experience. Based oh, on, hell yeah. It's the best one, though, arguably. Nothing else to do, I feel like. There, you there isn't that much to do. And you're in the the feedback. And this is kind of the opposite. It's It hints at what I was saying about open mics here. Mm -hmm. The feedback that you get is always high quality. Mm -hmm. Think about it. If you go here, people might like what you're doing. People might not like what you're doing. But they're coming at it from a fucking geek perspective you know what i mean they're not like interested in hip-hop they're just people who happen to be at that maybe they wanted to come to listen to poetry mm -hmm. there everybody is interested why because those are their stories that's their art form that's their art form i'm the intruder you know what i mean so all the feedback that you're getting is the best you're basically around phd hip-hoppers all the time mm -hmm. so the feedback that they're giving you is the real feedback from the streets mm -hmm. Like, these guys are going to prison after this. Like, they're listening to me and then getting on a bus. So what they're saying is probably the best. If they say it's weak, it's weak. <laughs> if they say it's good, it's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they were saying exactly. it's good. People were saying, this is good. Yeah. This is good. What you just did, that's good. That's high quality. Uh -huh. Keep doing that. Uh -huh. So... For me, it it was a lot easier to uh, move forward because I didn't I'd never had bad reviews. Mm. Uh, the whole time it was always positive things because by the time I started writing, I 
basically got it. You know, mm -hmm. it's not that hard to figure out. Like I said, mm -hmm. I'm doing the same things every song. I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about science. I'm talking about sex. I'm talking about a few other things, street shit, and who knows what else. There's only, there's only, there's only so many things that you need to hit, mm -hmm. and you just need to make sure that you don't bore people for too long. Like if you have a, a science line, immediately follow it with a sex line. Mm -hmm. Done. They won't be bored for too long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> immediately follow it with street stuff. Mm -hmm. Boom. You know. I'm learning that concept too because uh, with the motivation, I can motivational tell. stuff is the other one too. Yeah. I if would, you say follow your heart, yep. then you should always say make sure that bitch fucking you know for the next line. <laughs> make sure she don't fart. <laughs> sure. Something. But just was, say something <laughs> hard right after something soft, and you'll be fine. Very true. I went to this retreat. The black community retreat and someone with a group of people were like, I, I did, there was two open mic little sessions and I rapped at those and people liked what I. But, um, by the way, mm -hmm. that is the exact opposite feedback that you would get here. Really? Yeah. If you did an open mic and you said some soft shit and then followed it with some hard shit, they would say, oh no, you're doing it wrong. Mm. Take that line out. Stop mm. doing that. Stop mm. talking about sex. Stop talking about street shit. It's like. That's exactly what you need to be, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you want to get quality feedback. Not mm -hmm. all feedback is the same. If you're getting feedback from all sheep, you're going to create a shitty product. Mm -hmm. You want the best people to be giving you pointers. You don't want, you know, you want, if you're making a movie, have Steven Spielberg in the room. Mm -hmm. Don't have these fucking, you know, niggas that just came out of art school that have never made a film. Mm -hmm. And then you're taking their advice and going against Spielberg. Yeah, dang, that's... I'm They're going to shape your product. On, I'm gonna think on that. I'm gonna really Wh think whoever's on that. giving you feedback is shaping your product. And if they have a shit perspective, they're just going to turn it into a shit product. Hmm. Because it, it, some some feedback has really been, been influencing me in the sense that, like, okay, I think of, like, taking it back to Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. People who, uh, who ask me... Um, actually, I, too, I like to ask people... What what is your favorite? Uh, who are your favorite musicians? Or like, what type of music do you like? Or what do you listen the most to? Mm -hmm. And that reveals a lot about a person because it reveals like what they enjoy, what feelings they enjoy about life the most. Like what, or what they're feeling the most. Why are you listening to this genre? You're feeling it's, it creates a certain feeling. Like it evokes certain emotions, and that uh, says a lot. So I ask people that because then it uh it almost allows me to under like to kind of gauge what type of conversations we could get into. And it makes me want to, uh, for hip hop specifically, the artist, I'm like, if you like this artist, why? And if they tell me something like, uh, for, if someone like, oh, the baby, I like the baby. Okay. Why do you like the baby? Cause this music is really like, it's, his music is hard. It's really catchy. Then it starts to get, okay. So it, entertainment is very important for you. Right. So that means that, it might be that if that's the case, certain things that I say, I might have to entertain you a little bit more versus somebody who's like, I like this song because I like how they did this, this and that and like what they did and like the flow was here and then they said that. I'm like, okay, you're if you're more analytical and what you choose, like if the artist you choose is a very analytical artist and you like that, it could be that you see life in a certain way and you see the value of what they're doing and so mm -hmm. that means I can get into this and I don't have to really entertain you like that. I can just say something and, and you just be like, okay, okay, I'm going to say what I want to say and yeah. not, you know. But also I think there's something to be said about you delivering a product with that song. Mm. Because if if what that song is about 
is about being entertaining and you find out that someone wants to hear something that's, I don't know, conscious rap, I would argue that you just shouldn't perform the song for them instead of editing the song. I mean, I guess the reverse might be true. Like if it's a conscious song and they want to be entertained, there's things you could do to make it entertaining delivery wise. But also you could say, how about I just perform a song that meets what you want instead mm -hmm. of editing whatever song I have to meet what you want. Because mm -hmm. you could fuck it up in a way where now it's not entertaining or conscious mm -hmm. because you changed it to meet them. Or you could just say, you know what, then I'm not the artist for you. Mm -hmm. You want this whatever, you want me to do some Lil John type shit and that's not what I do, then maybe I just won't perform for you because you, you're not in my target audience. You don't like what I, the type of, the category of art that I produce, mm -hmm. you know? Because not everything is for everyone. And I think that's one difference between real fans and, and these fake hip hop fans or whatever. It's like people who listen to mainstream think everything is mainstream. They mm -hmm. think it's one size fits all. They think it's catchy. They think it's super entertaining. That's not universally true. Mm -hmm. Songs are usually good at a few things. And you don't want to sacrifice a whole you don't want to sacrifice what the song is good at to try to compromise it and flip it into something that's this weird mix of a bunch of other shit. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, that's what the song is, you know. And if you just want to hit play and dance, then listen to the radio. Mm -hmm. But if you want to have a specific experience that I'm producing, then yeah, listen to it. And guess what? 99 of you sheep ass niggas are not going <laughs> to want it anyway. So yeah. I, so turning you down is just like, that's the norm is turning you down. Mm -hmm. The norm is going to be, hey, can I listen to your whatever? Do you like this? No. Then no. Mm -hmm. Next next person. <laughs> that might be true for the majority of people. And it might not be true. Maybe it's 50-50. Maybe it's 90-10 in one direction or the other. Maybe most people would like to hear your shit. Maybe most people wouldn't like to hear your shit. If I were to think about Screech. Mm -hmm. I think it's fucking great, especially Screech One. Mm -hmm. Is that something that everybody and their mom is meant to listen to? Fuck no. It's a masterpiece in its own right. It's a specific product. Some people will fuck with it. Mm -hmm. And for them, great. But for those who don't, don't play Screech. Just play some other shit. <laughs> you know? More the reason why you can have a catalog of multiple types of songs. Maybe yeah. that's what you do as a, as a business move. Mm -hmm. You have a fast rap. You have a slow rap. For every category that exists in your mind, maybe you just make a song for that. That way you mm -hmm. have something for everybody. Mm -hmm. But to and have one back. song for everybody, that yeah. might not work is what I'm saying. And I think the I think that's more so what I've been thinking about doing and what I've been doing is doing that. I think though where my mind goes is that if I create a song that's more R&B-like, then within R&B, there's all the different types of R&B that you could do. Somebody might not like that one R&B song. That's true. Which is why... Well, uh, no, here's the thing. No matter what you do, a million people are going to hate it. So if you're true. trying to avoid haters, that's a dead end. Very true. Yeah. Now, that that's doesn't mean those... that people will like it. Yeah, very <laughs> but true. But definitely people will hate it. People might like it. And that's one of those things that I, I understand, but it's like one of those things where it's like, it's digestible, but it's more. It's harder to 
to go back and like make it you know like you can eat the food but then when you go to it has all these other steps and like mm. things and like yeah that's definitely one of those things because i'll for me like posting something is very vulnerable because i i don't i didn't before this i didn't even post pictures on instagram yeah and here i am posting videos of me rapping like that's yeah. a giant step yeah and i was uncomfortable i was uncomfortable to post pictures for many reasons and now i'm sitting here like rapping and so when i post something the immediate feeling i get is just this like terrible twisted stomach feeling like oh fuck like i'm in trouble like what mm. did i just do like i feel like i'm naked and over time like I, I it's gotten to the point where if i post something the night i do it i turn my phone off to not just in the fact that i'm like okay i need to set my alarms before i go to bed and i see instagram notifications it's gonna make me start thinking about it again mm. so i turn my phone off because then I won't think about because there's always that thought in my head like okay what if somebody doesn't like it what if I'm embarrassing myself so I in order to practice that I've been practicing turning my phone off and keeping my phone off of me because having my phone on me reminds me of criticism as in there's people connected to me so I've been practicing those things because I struggle with that like a lot when I'm even at open mics I perform and I'm like okay when I'm performing this there's a possibility possibility that someone doesn't like it because I see when other people perform and I see the reactions from the crowd and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like I see people's faces and I'm like, oh damn. Man, like, fuck them. Yeah, honestly though, fuck them. <laughs> but to get to that point of thinking like that, when I'm on stage Just too- go on stage and immediately pull your dick out. <laughs> fuck what all y'all think. Doing my own uh, thing. When To get over that, what I've been doing is on stage, I've been- uh, I've been doing this. Okay, if I'm sitting here and I'm rapping and I'm making crazy faces and I'm screeching and jumping and doing whatever, you could be doing backflips. You could yeah. be doing whatever you want to do up on stage. When I'm doing all of that stuff, I might be thinking in my head, I'm being so extreme. People probably think I'm weird. But that's probably the best thing you can do. Do the shit that you think people are going to think you're weird for. Exactly. Because when you're doing it, number one, they're going to remember you. And number two, it's it's just like going back. It's an event in time. Like yeah. right now, we're experiencing an event in time. Fuck all the. Um, it's going to be embarrassing. Or it's going to suck. No, this is an event in time. And tomorrow you're going to go. Oh, that was an event yesterday. You're not experiencing it anymore. And I'm like, everything is temporary forever until you die. That death is the only thing that's permanent because no person can ever come back. Everything's temporary. Every well, day. Actually, I've died and came back a couple of times. I'm gonna hold your word to that. I'm just gonna believe <laughs> you. I won't deny you. Yeah. Well, it, yes. another thing to consider is what are you trying to get out of the performance? Do you want mm -hmm. people to be happy, or do you want practice? Practice. This is because if an you want practice, then fuck them. Mm -hmm. It's just an experience. You just gotta get used to being you on the stage. First time I got up on stage and freestyled was at a Says event called the Says Summit, and they have like these. It's like for high school students, and I was one of the crew leaders, which is kind of just like a group leader. And there was like a freestyle session where you're supposed to like freestyle, but like shoot on the other person. So you're supposed oh, to like, like make a fun battle of thing, rap battle kind of thing. And I that's got up hard there, to do man, super that's, hard. That's a, that's a really really specific skill. Nowadays, I if I did that today, I could do it because uh, I've learned how to freestyle. But at the time, I had no idea what I was doing. I got up there, it was a logic beat, and then I got up there and I'm listening to it. It was that beat for like, oh god, oh oh my god, that song. I don't know the song. Well, I, I, I forget. Uh, Flexecution, that's the song. No, no, that's and uh, I got up there and I was just saying some crazy stuff. I was like, 
Africa is inside of you. Something, something. I mean, that's great stuff. I tried to say it motivational, but it didn't rhyme. It didn't flow, anything. But I got up there to feel the experience of having a mic in my hand and having a crowd watching me and waiting for me to say something. Yeah. And because I was just like addicted to thinking about doing that and the it's invigorating. Like it's yeah. just like it's almost like a high. It for me, it's like when people cross uh what you call it, not CrossFit, uh parkour runners, when they climb up buildings and stand over edges and they're like, you get this high, that's the same feeling I get when I'm on stage because it's scary. And scariness gives me it's almost like a drug. It's it almost is. yeah. You can get yeah. it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a high. I like scary movies because it feels like a high. And so I do things that are really scary because it gives me I get I feel fucking like rigged. Like yeah. I'm like ready to go. Like it's adrenaline. Then I get up there and I'm like pumped. And then afterwards I almost feel like I could I could just like run a fucking marathon. You know? Mm. I like I I'm just ready to go. And so doing scary things, like being on every time I'm on stage, I'm terrified. But I love it. I just love the feeling of I don't know. It's just uh it's just um even when I freestyle, I'm I could be freestyling right here. i still get nervous, but I'm like, cool, this is an experience. It's fun. Yeah. Well, on that note, let me see if this works. Uh, one of the best freestyle beats I wrote cherry to this It was a couple weeks ago I don't know how I'ma flow on it I just go on it I take a lot of pauses as my man pointed out I like to stay on my couch and in my house But I'm on a skateboard right now I'm just doing it I'm not kicking and pushing I'm just trying to ruin it The mic which type away Should I go? Should the flow pop up or just fucking go? Yeah. I'm looking at the cat, I'ma pass this baseball bat to, to Jason, he's in the placing, he's about to go off, I'ma turn it on and then re-erase it, it's basic, but it's real advanced, I'ma give him another shot like Chance. Uh, so I'm wearing my own pants, I got it in advance, talking about the flow, I gotta let them know to not close the big doors when they don't know where it ends, but it goes up. Uh. About to go home and make me some lemon chicken. About to put some salt and pepper on it. It's, it's gonna taste so really good. Finger licking like KFC. Remember when I was young, I told that to my mama. Told my mama, get the shit away from me. I'm finding that it, it was hella nasty. White people chicken do not make me feel hella good. I'm just playing. It's just another way to cook the food. I just don't fucking like it. So I went to Popeyes. I got me some chicken and I like it. Uh. I gotta let them know to not close the big doors when they don't know where it ends, but it goes. What does that mean? I tell you, uh, it means that you cannot close off opportunities just because you can't see the end of them. You gotta keep on going down the rabbit tunnel, cause at the end of it might be some shit to really make you feel like your enemies are just toys, like little ants that you can't stamp on the ground when you stomp on them. They ain't nothing, you just gotta stomp on them Let the haters be nothing, let them be the dirt All up under your boot, man Gotta eat the food, chefing up and cooking the food So that she can eat it too, uh, yeah Gotta make the yolk of knowledge edible And an egg scramble form So when you eat it, you like, dang, man, I got it to you I'ma give it to you, give you all the knowledge So you, when you go to college, you can be sitting in your seat Thinking like, I belong here, I belong here And I ain't feeling like no damn square Pass it to JP, I can do it anywhere Float, I'm gonna be a phone like I'm wearing underwear And I'm floating in the sky, I'm done mm. 
of floating in the sky feeling quite high but it's been quite a while i'm on tile but i'm still on carpet i'm about to just park it i'm about to just spark it and take my time and do my own thing and spit my own rhyme it is about that time for the most important question in the universe float or swim That's right. That's the way. I'm partially duty, it's fact that I'm still kind of moody. This true is the mirror that came when you prove in the reflection. You see it, I'm constantly stumbling in and out of the cracks of your mumbling thoughts, telling that you be what you not. So you gotta be willing to do what you are. Don't your heart go on the start. This your art, you're doing a star beat. Know what you got, you got no rock. You shining so bright, you the head of the vlog. The tip of the top of the king of the block. And the queen of the lot. And the things you got, I hold in your spot. Giving you honey, the beauty drops. Don't see your phone like a diamond on top. Watch me roll close and you'll see what I got. Hey, I don't need no beat to rock. Beat in my head, this shit don't stop. Shouts out to Kara with for this beat. This is called Becoming. Does Kara with have uh, like social media stuff? Yeah, it's called. This guy. <clears throat> this guy, KR Dangster or something like that. Mm. My roommate is gone, so I got the apartment to myself. There you go. There you go. Turn up. All right, I'm going to shut this thing down. I'll, I guess I'll let this be. Oh, play Dr. Dangster. D R. Oh, that's Carolyn? K S R. Yes. Yeah, I, it has no picture. Yeah, but then I saw this. This is the dot on the ground. Yeah, that's, like, that's his. Carraway. Yeah, that's his. And he, he always says that he sees my work, and I'm like, how? But I'm like, that must be. Okay, doctor, can you read it again? Can you spell yeah. it out? This is uh shouts out to the producer of these so beats. So it's D-R-D-A-N-K-S-R, all lowercase. On Instagram, follow Dr. Dinkster. Dr. Dinkster. On Instagram, shouts out, shouts out.